0: Hey. Episode 33 of Open the Voice Gate. We are proud members of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find us on Twitter at Open Voice Gate, and you could download and subscribe and rate on iTunes or Stitcher or any podcast app of your choice. Before we get into the reviews of September's Corrigan and the first Gate of Origin show, I kind of wanted to do a little bit of a state of Open the Voice Gate. Uh, Earlier in July, I was able to put out a survey that I thank everyone for answering and giving your thoughts about what kind of podcast "Open the Voice Gate" is going forward. And to put it simply, if I'm going to try to make "Open the Voice Gate" more of a periodic podcast, it will be at least once a month on on uh, on months that there are. Big shows like this month next month and all november december uh, march may and july there will be shows like this one and the one for kobe world where it's just more of a review show and just a general state of dragon gate kind of podcast and then months that there aren't as big shows and there's just kind of the monthly tv i'm going to be doing monthly TV reviews, probably about 5 to 10 minutes for each show. I mean, some of the shows really are just Elevated House shows, and then some of the shows, like Corkins and Kobe shows, are, of course, more important. But I'm going to be also doing more of historical retrospectives during the, these shows, talking about all events that happened in history of Dragon System. And one thing I'm also going to do is I'm going to do a little bit more work on the OWE side, especially seeing how intrinsic it is now that you have OWE on one side and Dragon Gate on the other. It's really two sides of the same coin. And I don't know how much I'm going to be doing in terms of OWE reviews. I'll probably talk about what shows they are on if they're in Russell 1 or in the United States or in Mexico. So that's what I'm going to be hope doing. And then shows that there are big or sh- or months rather that there are big shows you should expect probably two episodes that month more of a one episode being a preview episode and the other one being a review much like that one but thank you all very much for listening and putting up with the delays that have been going on in the last few months it's been pretty tumultuous and i've been sick as well but without any ado let's get into the reviews for september joining me this time on Open the Voice, Gate, is now back-to-back returning big show guest, uh, Case Lowe. He is the reviewer of all Dragon Gate uh, thy shows in cork and Corkins and the big shows at Voices of Wrestling. Case, how are you doing? I'm doing all right today. I am getting over a
1: half-week-long illness that has kept me pretty quiet for most of the week. So now I'm looking forward to uh, blabbering with you about Dragon Gate and what in the hell is going on in this company.
0: Yeah, uh, right after uh, Kobe World, where we were talking about, okay, we kind of see how everything's going forward. This last week has it has basically been the aftershocks of the uh, events of Dead or Alive, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, I coming out of Kobe World, I was like, oh, I kind of know the direction the company's heading, and I think we'll be able to see some things take form, and you know, maybe by this time, um, I'll be able to start to piece together a Gate of Destiny card or a Final Gate card. And now I have no idea what is going to happen tomorrow or the next week or on Dangerous Gate, which we'll talk about. Um, it's terrifying to be a Dragon Gate fan right now, but it's like so scary you can't look away from. It. But-
0: it, it it's really, uh, not only is it terrifying, I made a joke to you that I think we're at CON 3 right now, but you, you really can't turn away from it because it's at least for from what's been happening in front of us, front of the camera behind the camera it feels like they're at a point now where they're just unloading everything they have and see and sees what's and they're seeing what's going to work that just might be me though uh what's your kind of impression of the last week in dragon gate at least show wise
1: show wise i mean you can't doubt that the in-ring quality is still at a very high level um I think losing Shingo, as we'll talk about it in a little bit, is going to, you know, if you want to look at it from a star rating perspective, maybe without Shingo, the company average dips by a quarter star, you know, per big show. Um, I think the talent is still there. It's just the fact that we are seeing for the first time since maybe the Torimon Dragon Gate split a true rebuilding of the company. And so in the ring, we're seeing changes. Behind the scenes, we're hearing about all these changes. And it's, you know, it's just been a roller coaster of a year. And and really almost two years at this point, because it seems like things really started to change when Masato Yoshino got injured last January. And ever since then, the Dragon Gate that we know has not ceased to exist, but it's rapidly, rapidly changing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have... I keep notes every show I watch at Dragon Gate, and I go back from like the beginning of this year, and I found my notebook from early 2017, and it's it feels so different in a lot of ways. It, it it's still it's like that the uh, the stalling period that we lamented about starting about really late 2016 is over, and now all kinds of things are happening, and the the, the promotion now especially after the their first ever big sendai show to where it was right when a yoshino got hurt is so completely different and i think there's no uh, no better way to talk about how different it's getting to than getting into the the two big shows they had this week they had their monthly september Corkin show on the 6th and as i mentioned briefly ago the gate of origin show their first big uh show and sendai which seems like it's just on the outset before we get into the shows it did not feel like a big five level show i would put it at a champion gate or a gate of memorial gate and Wakayama show uh is that about how you felt case or do you feel a little differently about it
1: yeah i think the the presentation of the show was very similar to a champion gate or especially a memorial gate now that you say that i think that's the if you're looking for the vibe of the show i think that's what what you would point to um i think the in-ring work ranged from high level champion gate uh match to low level cork and hall match uh which is a little frustrating but in terms of presentation yeah you're looking at you know bigger than a cork and uh but definitely definitely not a big five show
0: yeah So before we get into that, let's talk about the uh, Corkin on the 6th. It is still up on the network, or will have just gone off the network by the time the show is posted. And just on the outset, what were your overall feelings of the uh, Stormgate show?
1: It had its ups and downs. Um, I think the the opening matches, and especially the opening match, which had a lot of young guys in it, uh, didn't light my world on fire. And typically when a Dragon Gate opener doesn't meet my standards for an opener i'm going oh god what are we getting into here because if there's one thing that's consistent in wrestling it's the dragon gate opening match um that one didn't really do anything for me Uh, but there were some surprises on this card in terms of match quality some things that i really like that i wasn't expecting to like that much um and then there was at the very least there was some booking intrigue too so it was a noteworthy cork and hall show at the very least
0: yeah, uh, my overall feeling was that the opener, I think I'm a little bit more higher on, we'll get into that in a second, but really like the last three matches of the show were de- are definitely matches to go out of your way to watch, starting at the uh, Willie Mac double title match, and it ended with a very interesting note for Dragon Gate and how Antios now is going to be, by the time... This, by the time By the time uh, Dangerous Gate's over, anti no longer exists. It's going to turn into whatever Ada led. I, I've been informally calling it Ada Gun. So it, it was a, a pretty tumultuous show. So starting off at the opener, I, I I enjoyed it. I thought that it was great to see more of Minenura. I thought that he is kind of a, he, he's a, both him and Ojishiba are a little bit. I I don't want to say dangerous, but they're kind of wild with some of the stuff they're pulling off. What were your impressions of the young guys in this opener?
1: Yeah. I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Um, I like seeing Kota uh, more of a Kota Minora. Um, He's interesting. I, he came out of the gates really hot and it looked like he was, you know, he was treated a little bit differently than I think a, a Yoshioka or a Takashima, or maybe even uh, uh, Ishida and Yamamoto when they came up. It seemed like they, they at least have something that they like with him, um, and Ojisiba wrestles like his brother, I think. Uh, he's the brother of Kotoka. Uh, he's a little out of control, and it makes him a little exciting and a little bit scary to watch.
0: Yeah, my first note I wrote down was that OG is going to break ribs with his version of the stomp that he took from his brother. <laughs> yes, just, I, I, I forgot that it came who it came down on. I think it came down on uh, on Saito, and it was one of the more vicious spots of the show because he, it was no give, no bending his knees whatsoever. He basically did uh, when he jumped off the diving board and just keep your legs straight together on him. That but, was brutal. Uh, but yeah, Minadora is an interesting person to watch because. Like, as you mentioned, he's been treated a little differently. He There was no young boy uh, compression tights for him. He yes, that's, out. yes. And, and, and really, uh, OG had wore his brother's tights for a very brief while. By the time that Katoka left, he, he already had these kind of uh, almost uh, Naoki Tanizaki shorts that he's been wearing lately. So, yeah, it's been uh, interesting to see how now they are kind of just off to the races with their young guys. Uh, what else did you, how else did you feel about this opener?
1: It lacked the energy that I'm looking for in a Gate opener. I just, I felt like this just wasn't, this felt like a match zero more than a match one. And maybe that's a real nitpicky complaint. But when I come into a Gate show, I'm expecting a certain level of energy and pizzazz to a match one. And for whatever reason, this just didn't reach that for me. And I, I like every guy in this match. I mean, even Punch has a role um, and it was, you know, his role is, typically the opening match or match two or three uh this just for whatever reason didn't do anything for me um it's to me it's kind of an essential wash just because again you've got shiba and minora um and you've got yoshioka in here so there are young guys you know developing on the undercard uh it's just one of my least favorite openers that i've seen in quite some time
0: and i forgot to say this leading off and i I'm already hitting myself for this, but match one was Don Fuji, Ryo Saito, Jason Lee, and Yuki Yoshioka defeating Ginky Horiguchi, Punch Tomonaga, Oji Shiba, and Kota Minenora with, in 7 minutes and 28 seconds with Yoshioka penning Shiba with the uh, frog splash. Forgot to say that off the top. My apologies. But going to where you said like this felt like kind of a match zero, just like looking at the match as like who's listed... I almost I, I agree with you because it almost feels like that they combined like a Jason Lee and Yoshioka on one side, that could easily be a match zero team with uh Shiba and Minonura on the other side, that could have been a match zero tag team. And then you have had the Bicycle Brothers and and then the natural vibes team, which would have been like a standard opener, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and that would have been cool because you know, three days later, Punch Tamanaga was challenging for the Bravegate title. Mm-hmm. But if you weren't following the storylines, you'd have you'd have no idea because he's just a guy in this opener
0: yeah and it and also for the twingate challengers like they were there but it was opening a match fuji you know i mean yeah. he wasn't he, i mean when don fuji's in an opener you know what you're getting out of him and if it's a <laughs> minute match you might get 90 seconds of don fuji and let me tell you he's not taking it out of first gear
1: no and dinky horiguchi is getting pretty good at following opening match don fuji levels uh Horaguchi, who I love, one of my favorite wrestlers on Earth. Uh, he's been taking it easy lately. I think that's fair to say.
0: Hey, I mean, he hasn't been taking it easy in the gym, but he has to find <laughs> his places to get a break. But yeah, <laughs> it, it, if you're someone like Case and I and you like watching the young guys kind of develop, it's worth watching. But other than that, it's, there's not much there. Uh, another match that I wasn't so high on, other than the pre-match stuff, was match two with the... Uh, the uh, Dragon, the imitation uh, and self-proclaimed Maxima members of Dragon Kid and Kaido Ishida defeating Gamma and Punch Tomonaga, the former over-generation guys. So this was a over-generation, over-generation match. In 7 minutes and 13 seconds with Ishida pinning Gamma w- with the 1 sec. And I thought that I, I like I wasn't able to be as up on the August shows because of being sick myself. So seeing like this whole... Very happy Dragon Kid and Code and and uh, Kaido Ishida coming out to first finger had me had me howling and how the ring announcer was just like I don't know what to do here with it. <laughs> I thought that was great. Well, what do you think about this DK and Ishida lobbying to be a maximum member storyline we have right now?
1: Well, real real quick, was this match Dragon Kid and Ishida versus Gamma and Tamanaga or Gamma and Problem Dragon? Oh,
0: sorry, did I say to- Tamanaga? It's Mondairia. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, that's yeah. that's what I I easily with the way this match went, I
1: easily could have had that wrong um this the storyline with Ishida and Dragon Kid is interesting to me because we've kind of talked about it off air of it almost feels like it'd be disappointing at this point because they've made such a big deal out of the story if Mm -hmm. the storyline ends up with Doi saying well we need more guys uh come on and join us because there's been such a resistance from Doi and Yoshino um despite Dragon Kid and Kaido Ashida enthusiastically wanting to be a part of Maximum now. Um, but I also don't know if the route for DK and Ashida is to become heels. I mean, I just don't see that happen- happening in Ada Gun unless something drastically changes and we see Dragon Kid become a heel for the second time in his career. And I don't think that's the move right now. So I'm a little torn on this um, because I also don't know with the way the roster sits right now, can Dragon Kid start his own unit and then, you know, Ashita's his number two, maybe, and they take some bottom end guys. There's just there's not a spot on the roster for Dragon Kid and Kaido and Kaido Ashita right now. Um, and it leaves me a little frustrated with this storyline because it's kinda like they're waving that in our faces.
0: Yeah, and to be completely honest, Dragon Kid does not fit in with how Maximum was. Like he seems No, not like- at all. He seems like much more of someone that would be in Tribe or, I mean, with his dancing and natural vibes. I mean, you could plug him into natural vibes, and that's just another guy in that unit that can dance, and he's not pulling focus away from, from KZ. And then Ishida, I mean, is... He, he's not really ever had a character. So, could he be in Maximum by himself? Maybe. Does Maximum really need a new loss Post? I guess. But it seems like that, like you're saying, like they just don't make a lot of sense, and and really at least in my opinion that was like the only interesting thing about this match to me what else did you think about it
1: oh i have no other thoughts i mean this if if you're gonna watch the whole show great you can watch this match there's no reason to watch this match i mean it was i thought it was i thought it was sloppy i mean i i i didn't like the way the match was laid out i didn't like the in-ring performance and i i don't know it was just it was a bad match it was a, it was a match number two
0: it was a match number two between guys who've been having match number twos for the last decade, with, yes. in most in most people's cases. And then continuing kind of the funeral march, uh, match three was the returning Kai and Hiroshi Yamato defeating the uh, Mochizuki Dojo members of Misaki Mochizuki and Hiyo Watanabe in 10 minutes, 57 seconds, with Kai pinning Watanabe with the immediate impact. And uh, yeah... i hate kai i'm not gonna mince words here kai has made in all the matches i've seen of kai and dragon gate he's been terrible he's made everyone else look terrible and he is now going to have a big match at a big show and i'm dreading it uh what were your thoughts about this match
1: well i didn't hate it as much as you um for all of the kai and hiroshi yamato matches in dragon gate this was by far the best um i would actually go as far to say Hiroshi Yamato impressed me in this match. I thought he looked good wrestling with Mochizuki. It got real scrappy. I really liked the way those two went at it. Um, But Kai is awful, and I've never liked Kai. Kai's never been somebody that I've been into, no matter the gimmick, no matter the promotion, no matter the push. And I don't know how, with all of the guys in Japan, Kai's the guy you point to, who, who is not a draw, who to me, doesn't seem like he's getting that big of a reaction. Like, Hiroshi Yamato has the catchy entrance. Oh, it's even charming. If he, yeah, even if he doesn't have the polish that a Dragon Gate wrestler has, I understand why at this point in time, Hiroshi Yamato is in the promotion. I don't get this Kai thing. I, I don't get it at all, and I, and I want him gone, but you know he scores the pinfall here. He's got a singles match. Possibly the last Shingo Takagi Dragon Gate singles match is not going to be against Mochizuki. It's not going to be against Kaito Ishida or Big R Shimizu, which breaks my heart. It's going to be against Kai. I, I hate it. I hate it.
0: It's frustrating and straight garbage in my mind. Uh, I, lo- I, I As I was kind of interjecting there. Oh, I I was kind of interjecting there. I love Hiroshi Yamato's entrance and everything about him, and he did improve in the ring. It's just one of those things that I just don't think that he's at that level yet. Maybe if he joined or is going to be around more full-time, he gets to work with the guys and improves. I see him as more moldable, but Kai can just go promptly fuck off. So that was that, that. And if Kai is the last Shingo singles match we have in Drag Gate, at least for the near future, then that's going to that that's not only just like an insult to Shingo Takagi unless he specifically asked for it but for for younger guys that could use a final match against Shingo Takagi it's an insult to them too and I did like how how much Mochizu, how Mochizuki Dojo worked here I, I think Mochizuki and Hyo have kind of fun chemistry and uh what do you think about that side of the tag of the match
1: oh for sure I mean the, the Mochizuki Dojo stuff I'm really into right now um i'd like to and i guess part of the the gimmick is that they're not a unit but like i would buy a mochizuki dojo shirt if it wasn't if it wasn't awful like i'm into this unit and i'm into this team um and i like that we're seeing these young guys um kind of this is kind of what over generation should have been and it never got there and now we're saying mochizuki um train these guys heighten these guys' profiles and and hopefully elevate these guys up the card once he's done with them
0: and and i noticed this when i was watching gate of origin during the mochizuki uh meko match who was at ringside watching it was Hio who was on commentary shun skywalker they have a nice kind of chemistry that they're kind of going with this and it, it's one of the storylines that keeps me going in dragon gate and i'm excited to see what's going on with that but the match, to me, not much to it. Too much, Kai. Uh, did you have any other thoughts about this match before we move on to when the card really started picking up?
1: No, let's move on to this next match.
0: All right. The fourth match of the show was a... Let me see if I can get the title names right because they are because they are two very unique titles. It the, uh, was for this, the Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, Heritage Heavyweight Championship, and the House of Hardcore Twitch TV Championship. Did I get those right? You nailed it. All right, it was a double championship match as the champion, Willie Mack, defended against Shun Skywalker. Willie Mack made a successful defense. Don't ask me what V it is. Probably, <laughs> <laughs> who knows?
1: <laughs> it could be two. It could be 100. I have no clue.
0: No clue, no clue. But he defeated Shun Skywalker in 12 minutes and 24 seconds with a chocolate thunderbomb. bomb. And I love this match. KSI okay, so at three and three quarters, just below four stars. But it was probably my favorite Shun match of his career. Well, what did you think of it?
1: I gave it four. I loved it. Um, I am so, so happy that Willie Mac and Dragon Gate has worked out as well as it has because Mac is a guy that, if he was living in New Jersey or Pennsylvania or even Chicago, he would be a super indie guy. He'd be on AAW. He'd be booked on these Game Changer shows. He'd be all over the place, but he's been pigeon-held By being on the West Coast, by having a falling out with PWG, by, you know, people forget Willie Mack was signed to an NXT contract and something happened. I don't know if it was a failed physical. I don't know what the exact reason was. He never reported to Orlando, so he never even got a shot to make an impression at NXT. Um, But this has been a perfect fit. This match uh, was, I would say, a step below this match in terms of quality, but I think it, it was the same idea of the February 2nd, 2017 match between Big R Shimizu and Takahiro Yamamura, where they just went out there and just killed themselves for 20 minutes and and made their presence felt. This match had a very similar, almost experimental feel to it, where Mac and Skywalker were throwing stuff against the wall. Some of it stuck, some of it didn't. But at the end of the day,
0: this match ruled. I really... it it, saying like some of the stuff didn't work some of the stuff did the way that they recovered after what i botched that at the end of the match that could have easily just gone off the rails and they went home they recovered and they got the crowd back into it It really shows both how well willie mack understands dragon gate after such a quick period of time but also shows how much shin has progressed in his career i mean really in 2018 he's up there for my most improved wrestlers in the world so I thought this match was really great. I I don't know if I would put it to the to the uh, Yamamura uh, Shimizu standard that you have it at, but no, it's certainly not a
1: better match than that. But I think it's it's a similar match in spirit.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And really, what got me, what really like took me back with this match is from where Shun really was just doing his dives and the Ashla. And that was really it. And you, and you could tell that you could see him like thinking about what was going on in the ring. And now he's comfortable with himself. Like, was I the only one, am I hyper-evaluating this in a way? But like this felt like Shun Skywalker came together and this was kind of a complete Shun Skywalker match.
1: Oh, you're you're right on the money. And I, and I mentioned this in my review of we have seen basically the entire year, maybe even stretching into last year. Of the the opening match, match one, six man or eight man tag, you're gonna see a bunch of spots, and then Shun Skywalker is gonna hit his moonsault, and then from there forth, the match is gonna be about Shun Skywalker looking good. And we saw the next step in his evolution in this match, where he's more than just a moonsault opening match wrestler. He's somebody who has raised his profile. He competed in the All Japan Junior Tag League, and. I think this might say more about the all Japan juniors than him, but was, was the third or fourth best guy, in my opinion, in the tournament. And one of those guys that's better than him is Masaki Mochizuki. Um, And now we're seeing him have big time dragon gate singles matches. It's awesome to see him progress. I don't know if he's the guy, I don't know if he is a future dream gate champion, but he's at least somebody that we can start to see go from match one, two or three now he can move into a four, five, six territory, and it's not going to stand out too much because I think he's shown he can belong there.
0: Yeah. And at the very least, like we, we've talked about before, about how that class of 2016 kind of had its like rankings, really, that you had Benkei, who was so far in ahead that you don't even really include him. And then you had this pack of guys where it was really kind of Shun and Hio Watanabe kind of together, and then Yoshioka and Takashima kind of in the same mix either. But now we have some clear stratification now. Like we watched shooting Skywalker and I don't think it's outside the world of possibility that he, I mean, he's getting a twin gate match at uh, a at gate of destiny. It's not outside the possibility that when well, the champion gate 2019 shows, he could be making a brave gate challenge. You know, he's no, really uh, I welcome. It. Yeah. So uh, you-
1: one oh. quick note, um, the last match, I, I just realized that we hit this anniversary, the last match that uh, Katsumi Takashima wrestled was August 20th, 2017. Um, I know he was injured. I don't know if that injury is sort of morphing into a retirement or if he's still just hurt and recovering, but it has now been over a year since Takashima's wrestled.
0: Interestingly enough, I am right now looking at iHeartDG.com where i where I read right off the results and Jay does a tremendous job as always doing translation in full and fleshes them out. The first tweet that Dragon, that the English Dragon Gated account has has out there right now is from Sachi Hoko Boy, which is a photo of him training with Katsumi Takashima in the gym. <laughs> well, there you go. And, and, and guess whose a uh, t-shirt he is wearing, or a t-shirt that looks very much like it, talking about someone who had a whole lot of injury problems throughout his career. Take a guess. Uh Kotoka. Taku Iwasa.
1: Oh, boy. All you, right.
0: You, you remember his Tozawa Juku, like, tank top that he'd wear that would have, like, a, like a, a sun that is sunsetting and had a bunch of flowers on it?
1: Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. This is a shirt I would wear. It's a oh, great-looking shirt.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he's in the gym. I mean, it might just be he was someone that throughout his training, like, he was training, like, since, I want to say, 2014. Like, he's been in the system almost as long as Homenaka was in the system. He just had... Unlike Tomonaga, who's just not ready, he's just had really bad <laughs> health issues. So yeah. maybe he, he'll come back. But I mean, it's it, I think it's interesting that we, we are talking about him he's come across like the one-year anniversary of his last match and he's looks like he's trying to train for a comeback. Uh, did you have anything else about the uh, first four matches before we get into the post-intermission stuff?
1: Just that Mochizuki versus, or not Mochizuki, uh, Skywalker versus Willie Mack was a lot of fun. And I'm I'm patting myself on the back because I, I had long alluded about, you know, what if Willie Mack was in Dragon Gate? That seems like it'd be a really good fit. And I'm happy he's there, and I'm happy he's having success. it, it It's just, it's a good story in pro wrestling.
0: It really is. And he's staying through uh, Dangerous Gate, and I'm hoping that he gets more tours in the future and maybe gets himself a contract out of it because he's been a delight, really. He's not had very many, if any, bad matches in Dragon Gate. So... After our intermission, we had a uh, Triangle Gate preview match for Gate of Origin. It was the uh, the Triangle Gate Challenger team of Kagatora, Yosuke, Santa Maria, and UT going against two thirds of the Triangle Gate champions and KZ, Susumu, Yakoska, and Brother Yashi. UT got the surprising win in 14 minutes and 52 seconds with the Bien Yave over Susumu. And KZ, how what were your opinions about this match starting off?
1: well what the hell has gotten into ut uh this guy who dare i say has been useless for most of his career has suddenly uh developed a yave in-ring style and is killing it now which i think says a lot about the yave style and that even if it's super super hard to learn seems like a decent investment for some guys um but he's he's awesome um and submitting susuma yokosuka in cork and hall is a really big deal um as for the match, it was a it was a very good match. I gave it three and three quarters, uh, right on the cusp of being what I would call a great match. Um, but this was this was all about UT and him taking it to natural vibes and looking dominant and not not just playing um, the sixth man, the underdog. You know, he's still undersized and and outpowered by most people, but he looked dominant in this match, and it was really great to see
0: yeah and i really love this triangle gate challenger team with with tribe vanguard who's had issues from the beginning They they always had star power issues uh, if for the longest time it was yamato and his loser friends and then with, with hulk being injured all the time and kz them not using him to his capability and now they have a really solid five people on this unit i would say that it i don't think i would ever said this it's probably the most stable unit right now in dragon gate maybe like, I,
1: I think you're onto something there. And on top of stability, and I mentioned this in my Gate of Origin review, but the trio team of UT Kagatora and Yosuke Santa Maria is, is a legitimate triangle gate team. And in, in the way that I don't think we see a lot of anymore, where it's, it is a, a unit of three that is really working hard together to become champions. And it's not a unit of star power. You don't have a Yoshino in there or a KZ. Or someone, you know, a top of the line level guy, but I look at these three and I watch the way they wrestle and I think, oh, that's that's a trio right there. Though that's a team that should be holding a trios title. It's great to say.
0: And they've started to develop some like trios chemistry as well. Like the uh, triple team slapjack lung blower that they did both here at Gate of Origin was incredible. Maria was showing out at the beginning and just was taking it to everyone, and it, it's a great thing to see. Like the last, really, uh, I would say united triangle gate team feels like and there might have been one since and if i and if i'm wrong please correct me feels like it was the zombie veterans team it it feels like it was uh, the osaka zen roku and don fuji triangle gate team like this is the first team that feels like a complete trio since then uh,
1: that, that would probably be the most recent one and that's one that i hadn't thought of but now that you say that i think that's that's a that's a good one to point to
0: and this match, I had it three and three quarters as well. The only thing that kind of took it back for me was I, the crowd wasn't into it as much, I think, until they started believing, oh, wait, this is the, OT, the UT show, then they started getting into it. But it was just like, it was really hot action throughout. It was just under 15 minutes. And really, it, they, they put together a string of three final great matches for different reasons on the show, and it's really worth watching. And the way that they've now gotten the Bien-Yave over has been incredible.
1: Oh yeah, it's a fair move and he's winning with it on house shows. He's beating top guys with it. And it it's funny because, you know, Dragon Gate, when they when they want to do a complex and confusing storyline, they can do it. But when they just have guys use finishing maneuvers and, and beat main made, made guys with it, and it's the simplest form of pro wrestling, they are so, so good at it. And and one's not better than the other. I just find it amazing that they can do both.
0: And, and it's and it's something that for like three people that throughout their careers either have been lost posts, forgotten, or injured, it's so nice to see them all kind of come together in UT finally after not really being relevant since uh, the early uh, millennials days, finally kind of finding his role here. And I can't say enough, like this is a match that when I go back and I start putting together like my top whatever matches of the year for Dragon Gate, I'm gonna have like, even though it doesn't have star power to it, I'm gonna say like, oh no, this might be like a personal favorite match of mine it was super yeah so leading the main event of the show was the uh five was the 10-man tag team match that was set up at the august cork and where ben k begged yamato and bb hulk to join them to take it to big r shimizu who just turned heel which was the complete anti os unit of big r shimizu shinga takagi ada takashi yoshida and yuzushi kanda beating uh, uh, Naruki Doi, Masato Yoshino, Benkei, Yamato, and BB Hulk in 28 minutes and 35 seconds with Shinbizu pinning Doi with a shot put slam after the big mystery being revealed. Benkei has turned and joined Antios last ADA Gun. And before we get into the match itself, how do you feel about Benkei's turn?
1: I, it's fine. Um, I, I'm not in love with it, but I don't hate it. Um, I actually think Shingo leaving the company is going to help it tremendously because Yoshida, Shingo, Ben K, and Big R and a Dragon Gate unit, to me, just doesn't make a ton of sense. But with three big guys, I can live with it. I thought the turn was well done. Um, and in the one match that I've seen of him since he turned heel, I have no doubt that Ben K can be a successful heel wrestler. It,
0: yeah, and we'll get more into that. When we talk about Gate of Origin and the match before before it kind of turned into the heel thing, it was really spirited. And this was my first real chance to catch Shimizu since the whole turn. Luckily for me, I had strip when that Osaka show was on the network. So I didn't get to see him completely destroy his credibility in his first televised show. But I like Shimizu as like this sleazy, bully heel so far. What's, what are your opinions of him as a heel as well?
1: I'm really struggling with Shimizu as a heel. Um... He doesn't strike fear in me, he comes across like a goofball, and part of that is uh, the Osaka show, I think it was August 11th, where it's his first match. Televised, and turning and getting in the ring, he trips over the middle rope and falls, and then after the match, uh, he wins, but then congratulates Maximum on their great win instead of Antios, and he's just doing things in, in wrestling. It's almost like he's wrestling scared. Like I don't fear Big R Shimizu the way that I have since that character debuted. I I can't exactly put my finger on what it is, but I'm watching him and as a face, I'm going, well Shimizu's a killer, and he's got Ben K next to him, this is unstoppable. And as a heel I'm going, Wow, Ben K looks really good. And Shimizu's just more of an afterthought. So I'm gonna give him time, you know. He's he's a dumb guy in story, but He's, you know, look, I've heard he's not the smartest out of the ring either. Maybe it's just going to take him time because nobody (laughs) has Shimizu's praises higher than me. I mean, I think he's a top 10 wrestler in the world when he wants to be. The problem is I'm just not seeing it as a heel yet, but I'm going to give him some more time. But he hasn't totally won me over to this point.
0: The way that I've had it described to me is Shimizu is a hammer short of the tool chest. (laughs) he is and, and maybe that's the problem is that he he was so kind of likable as like a goofy guy as a face like a big galoof and now you see him as a heel and he's just kind of what he feels like is i've been watching the harry potter movies for the first time because my girlfriend's a huge harry potter fan and she was like we're watching these movies because we're gonna go see the next dangerous beast movie he feels like one of draco malfoy's like minions like he's just like a big beefy dumbass and that's not a believable heel leader, I guess, if that makes sense.
1: I wish I could bolster that reference with anything, uh, but I've, I've only seen the first two Harry Potter movies because an ex-girlfriend of mine was a big fan, and then we stopped seeing each other, and therefore I have not seen the next movies in the series. Uh, so I'm a little lost on the Harry <laughs> Potter thing, but I'll give it to you. Um, I'll say this. Had Shimizu turned heel and then shot-put slammed Kaido Ishida, and then shot-put slammed uh, Yamamura or not Yamamura, but, uh, Yoshioka and had just run through, you know, a gamma and a problem dragon on these house shows and on these smaller televised events. I think it would have made a difference, but it was, it was a change of gear and a change of hair for him. And I think we needed something more to fully just understand who Shimizu is as a heel. And we're not getting that right now. And maybe,
0: the concept behind 80 gun is that he is like this scrappy loudmouth with two kind of burly uh, henchmen with it. And maybe he fits into that role, but as a top line heel that kind of puts him as a younger Yoshida, you know? So yes, yes, exactly. Uh, the game back to the match itself. I thought it was really, really spirited. The crowd was, it was the loudest I heard Corican since the split. Like it, like the crowd was like really into it and they love the idea of, the two big face units kind of uniting to take on the heels and it was kind of nice to see it was before the news that came out later it was a return to normalcy in a lot of ways uh what else did you think about the match itself well i've got a
1: question for you did you see the match live or did you see it before or or after the news of Shingo
0: leaving broke case i am 32 years old I can't. <laughs> I I, I managed. I didn't even manage to stay up for uh, Kobe World this year. I, I I the one of the reasons why I knew why I watched it spoiled was I wrote down in my notes that I would have liked more Hulk and and Shingo given the news. So no, I watched it. Uh, I watched it uh, after like the next day.
1: Okay, well it's funny you say that because I watched it after too and. R- writing my review for this quark and was very hard because i i was just defeated after the news of shingo leaving was announced like he was like oh and now i've got to watch this entire Cork and hall show and luckily the show ended up being pretty good um but it's funny that you say that about takagi and hulk because one of the things i really liked about this match was Um, we had, you know, your obvious, uh, Yoshida versus Yoshino interactions to build up for their match, but we got a little bit of Hulk versus Takagi for the first time in a while. And it was so good to see, but in context, it was heartbreaking because I know we only have a month left of this and it just, it just sucked the wind out of me, but seeing Takagi and Hulk go at it just a little bit made this match special for me.
0: I, I think what made the match kind of special for me was that at this point, this you had four out of the actually no, you had five of the of the remaining big five. Now will be big four members left in that match. You know, like that's that's what made it special for me was that you did have Takagi and the rest, but then you also had Doi Yoshi and you had Yamato and Hulk together, and maybe that was a little bit of booking. I was thinking, okay this might be one of the last times we're going to be able to get all five of them in a match for the foreseeable future.
1: Yeah, it very well could be. And that's something that I, I didn't realize until you pointed out, but um, I'm sure we'll get more big five interactions as we begin Shingo's uh, farewell series of matches, farewell tour or whatever it's going to be. Uh, but, but yeah, it, and in Cork and Hall, especially, I think that's, that's very cool that they did that.
0: Yeah. And getting into what happened after the match, which we'll play into Shingo's Farewell Tour, and then to Gate of Origin, I'm going to quote from Jay. With uh, with Ada announced that with Ben joining, there were time for some reforms. He had three points about Antios. Number one, the the unit name will be changed at Dangerous Gate on September 24th. Number two, their unit, their influence, it reaches outside of Dragon Gate to other origin or organizations and perhaps overseas. One of those players will be debuting with them on the 24th. And the third one, he said at the next Korra and then he said he was he cut himself off and said like that he would like he would tell the likes of you uh it's worth noting that with the name change and the unit change that Shingo Takagi will not be joining Ada Gun for his remaining shows so that is a very interesting thing that we'll get into in a little bit going on but that was an interesting note to kind of end corking on it kind of felt like that this chapter of Dragon Gate definitely closed, especially with the Shingo announcing that he was leaving. How would you feel about that? Shingo leaving
1: is is difficult. I mean, since since I've become a Dragon Gate fan, I, I've been a Shingo fan, and I think uh, the the Shingo connection with Western fans is is very similar to an Okada with New Japan. Whereas like when New Japan first started partnering with ROH. Um, Okada was a much bigger deal to the American audience than somebody like Hiroshi Tanahashi was, even though Tanahashi had the bigger native fan base. And I've always kind of gotten that vibe with Shingo and Shima of Shingo is this shiny toy for the Western audience, even if Shima is the real star in Japan. Um, so personally for me, like Shingo's one of my five favorite wrestlers ever, maybe. And He's put Dragon Gate on his back, you know, time and time again. He has m- one of my favorite matches ever, the 2015 match with Mochizuki. Um, so seeing him leave, it sucks uh, because Dragon Gate is a company that I care about. And I, I don't care about a ton in wrestling. You know, typically, I just want to see matches that are good enough to put in my spreadsheet. And then I'm good. I can move on. But I have an investment in Dragon Gate and I have an investment in Shingo Takagi. Um, I'm happy that he's moving on. I actually think it makes sense when you look at it from his perspective. It's just a shame that it's happening.
0: Yeah, uh, I got into this in my piece on VoicesOfWrestling.com, which was it was hard to kind of get something out on such a a tight timeline for that, on such a tight deadline with it. Uh, I I completely co-sign with you that he really was someone that was – like the western audiences kind of entry into dragon gate especially dating back to his roh his time in roh on his uh i'm blinking right now well, when he was on excursion in dragon gate yes. right, and ring of honor and then he and then he was always kind of a big deal with dragon gate usa when he did his when he came back and did uh, pwg shows he was a big deal at pwg shows and he always has been someone kind of on the uh, tip of everyone's tongue on when on who they would like to come over to the States or come and wrestle in Europe. So I think, Oh, absolutely.
1: I mean, he was, he was a big deal. You look at those 2009, 2010 Dragon Gate USA shows, Shingo comes across like a huge deal and you know, some of the the unit stuff didn't really translate well in America, but Shingo was never attached to that the way that a Shimo or a, a Gama when he came over, or like like Warriors 5, basically, I thought looked really bad in the United States. But Shingo came across just like a killer, and so he had his ROH run. And so if you're from that era, you connected to Shingo there. And then he had this amazing DGUSA run where if, you're, if you connected through him there, you've got that. And then he had Monster Express, which was my entry point where he was with Tozawa and Ricochet Uha Nation. So he's got all these different access points for Western fans. Um so and and on top of that, you know, he's he's one of the best wrestlers to ever live. So of course people are gonna like him.
0: Yeah, I uh, that that just made me think uh did you see any Dragate USA shows live? I
1: never saw a Dragate USA show live. It hurts me that it hasn't happened. Um I, I got into the promotion basically right after they stopped running Chicago, which would have been, you know, where I would have gone. Um, I have never seen a member of the Dragon Gate roster wrestle live, and that kills me inside. Um, so, Dr. Keith, if you're listening to this, feel free to bring Shingo or the OWE kids to AAW, and I will buy a front row ticket.
0: I Yeah, it I've seen Shingo live three times now i'm thinking of it i i forget which i forget the year of this mania weekend but it was the first orlando weekend
1: it would have been 2012
0: no no the one before oh, that
1: oh um two, uh, i don't know when that was never mind oh 2008
0: yes 2008 because i was still in undergrad in north carolina at the time and i got to see the uh kevin seen el generico versus bb hulk and uh shingo takagi match
1: such a good match
0: that was a match that well like i was aware of dragon gate then i was following dragon gate at like a distance i would at that time i've been on other shows talking about i was primarily a Takara fan but i the thing that i was most interested in dragon gate at that time was zawa juku incidentally enough but uh seeing like seeing shingo takagi live and that monster and that uh New and that new hazard tag team was just something incredible. He's someone that had a certain way of connecting to American audiences that, like Shima, like whenever he co- he's come over and I've been lucky to see Shima, coincidentally on some shows too. He does have the 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 vibe of you're watching a legend. It's the same with Misaki Mochizuki too. But like Shingo connects in the same way that Zazawa does, like to Western audiences, and it really is going to be a big loss, both in the ring and I think for western audiences watching dragon gate i can i'm anticipating this might be a big fall off of western fans to be honest
1: yeah just a quick sidebar to go off of that um the wrestlemania 2006 weekend gets all the love for the uh blood generation do match but that 2008 wrestlemania weekend has some gems on it you've got generico and steen versus uh yoshino and doi and then generico steen versus the one you just mentioned hulk and shingo and then on that super card of honor Three show the muscle outlaws typhoon six man yes is, is better than the blood generation do fixer match it is the best six man that maybe dragon gate has put on in the states unless i'm forgetting something from dg usa but i i don't feel like i am of a six man that was better than that match oh geez uh
0: you, you see I, I compartmentalize time periods in wrestling so <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of dg usa shows and but yeah no that whole weekend was crazy and they even had some really strong re-of-honor matches on the shows as well especially the age of the fall versus briscoe brothers tag team like falls county where match that was insane but it,
1: it sounds it sounds super cringy to say age of the, age of the fall and Briscoes was a good match but i actually just recently rewatched that for
0: something and i can confirm that match is super super good you actually i don't know i haven't watched that match in a long time but I think you could see me in that in that match. I think because I was right next to the barricades of the entranceway, and they uh, I had a Brisco fly and break my younger brother's seat, and, oh boy. and and I had Gabe come up to me afterwards like yelling at me, and I was like, dude. It was The Wrestler. Can we get a <laughs> the <seat> over here? first first reaction of Gabe Sapolsky, and I was like, oh, geez, okay.
1: It makes sense now. <laughs> everything oh,
0: yeah. makes sense. Oh, everything made sense immediately at that moment. But yeah, I know. I don't even know if those shows are available anywhere. But if you have not seen those shows, it's really worth going off, going and finding a way to watch it. But it's going to be interesting. Uh, I don't think it's going to hurt business. To be frank, uh, I wrote about in the article, Shingo does have his fans in Japan, but he was never, he was never like a, uh, he was never like a big draw. He was always a draw as a heel. Like he had his fans, like they always were the ones like having the banners. He was like the first one to really have banners at the entrance. But I don't foresee this being a big box office thing. I and mean, this is, I think this is a very bad perception loss for Dragon Gate, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, completely, and and you follow attendance and, and who's a draw and who's not a little closer than I do, but over the past few years, there's been rumblings of, is Shingo really a draw? Does Shingo hurt business at all? Um, I've never bought into Shingo hurting business because he's been on top during some of the most buzzworthy and successful periods for the promotion, um, but I also think that's because of some of the stuff going on underneath him, um, so I, I don't fear that we're going to show up to Cork and Hall next month and they're going to be running the Wrestle 1 setup with a big entranceway and a 1,200 fan max capacity. Um, I just think it looks really bad to people that look on from afar because Shingo is one of the more recognizable, if not with Tozawa and Shimagon, the most recognizable name to Western fans.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's, the, when I was talking about Western perception, I think that's really the thing. I'm right now looking at, the august and uh, september Corkin and the the show in september drew 1780 and that is a, a real number it's not work so i mean they were right at their 1850 capacity it's not a full house but it was super no vacancy and in comparison to august which was 1565 so i don't foresee that really going down without shingo like, like there will be shingo's fans but i don't see it being like it won't be like with Shima and the OWE guys, to be honest. So that was my business aspect about that. Uh, before we get into this, and we'll, and we'll touch on Shingo again later. Do you have any any more thoughts of Shingo leaving?
1: No, it just sucks. It's yeah. Just, it's just it just sucks. But I also think for as bad as the news sounds, it and I think we'll discuss a little bit later. It's almost necessary, mm-hmm. I think, for the company to grow. It can't grow with Shingo.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's always going to be a spoon, uh, kind of a looming specter in a lot of ways, especially for a heel side. So it's going to be interesting. But with that, let's get into the Gate of Origin show. It was from it was on September 9th, so it will still be on the Dragon Gate Network if you haven't watched it. It was from Sendai Sun Plaza. The attendance was fifteen ninety six, which was much lower than what i anticipated case Uh, and it felt like it was about 15 96 uh what do you like think about how the venue kind of felt and how it looked and the attendance woes of that
1: it's unfortunate that this is the first year they've done this show because we don't have even a work number to compare it to but on the surface this doesn't seem like a good attendance number this this makes me concerned for dangerous gate just a little bit um I thought the the building is great. New Japan runs there a lot. the Sendai Sun Plaza. I thought the building looked pretty good, even though it was a little quiet at times, Mm -hmm. but the number concerns me.
0: Yeah. And the attendance for it, at least listed on the Sun Plaza website is 2,700. So this was not even what you would call a no vacancy. vacancy. I was anticipating this get close to the sellout because they did 2,100 last year when they did their first big Sendai show. So that's
1: right. They did that last year. Um, but it wasn't yeah. in this building yes okay that makes sense um i knew i knew something wasn't adding up there had they done you know two thousand to 2200 here and and not sold it out but at least put two thousand in the building i would have felt good you know that's that's something i can live with but the number as it stands now it's got me pulling my collar a little bit
0: yeah yeah i i, I did do a little bit of research it's not an expensive building to run luckily so they probably made some money off it but it's still perceptually and optically not so good uh uh with like the building itself i don't know if they had the normal camera crew because i was noticing that that the camera wasn't getting a, some spots they usually would with the gay OR setup did you notice that
1: i did not but now that you say it that is starting to ring a bell a little bit
0: i really felt that in the triangle gate match but it, it, it was it was their standard setup with the uh, red and blue entrances they had the screen i did like how they had the uh how they had the disco ball only for natural vibes entrance and Yoshino's big match entrance. I thought that yeah, was, that, that that was terrific. That was terrific. But let's get into the show itself. Uh, overall. I thought that everything, but the brave gate and the dream gate match or matches worth watching. Uh, what was your overall feeling of the show?
1: I echo those thoughts with maybe, you know, if you're crunched for time, unfortunately, I think the twin gate match could probably get cut from your viewing too. Um, this was kind of the opposite of the corkin show where the corkin show started rough and then got better as things went along i was preparing to throw roses and you know this is a show that your contender is back from the first three or four matches and then once the brave gate match happened things sort of hit a wall
0: yeah that brave gate match might have been one of the worst brave gate matches i've ever seen to be honest well, uh, and,
1: my- and the dream gate match wasn't much better
0: it was better than Yoshida's last, or not last, but one, but the famous Yo- Yoshida Bad Challenge. But uh,
1: well, well, do you want to start there and go and go down the card, or do yeah, you want to start with the opener? Yeah, yeah. Let, let's start. At, let's start at the Dream Gate.
0: Yeah, let's start at the Dream Gate. The Dream Gate was the Masato Yoshino defending against Takashi Yoshida in a match where there could be no flash pinfall attempts from Masato Yoshino. He got his second Dream Key as he defeated uh yoshida in 27 minutes and four seconds with the soul nasiente kai as we both alluded to this was not a good match
1: no this this was bad uh this was embarrassing and i don't think drangate is well it's obviously after after this match they're not but it's not like they're trying to counter program to see what the owe crew is doing but three days from now the OWE guys in Shingo have a chance to become the most buzzworthy names in wrestling because OWE is touring the globe right now. And Shingo is a free agent in a month. Uh, so it's hard. It's going to be hard for me to convince people to watch a Dragon Gate. When you look at what Shima and T-Hawk and Shingo are about to do. And then you look at the main event for the biggest title on this show, which is, wasn't as offensively bad as the yoshida uh then cyber kong versus shima match from dead or alive 2012 uh but it was possibly the most boring dreamgate match ever it was not good i the stipulation i i talked myself into thinking it was going to be fun it was not it was a bad stipulation and the match was bad and it just this is not the match that Gate needed from a global uh from a global perspective this is not the match they needed to put on right here.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I, I'm i someone who I'm on record as hating the slow buildup in Gate matches. I would take any of Yamato's 15 minute opening segments over this match. This was oh, more than yeah. this. And, and I,
1: I complained throughout Yamato's entire title reign it's like these matches are boring, they take forever to get going. And then I'm still rating them three and three quarter stars, four, maybe a four and a quarter. And this, I gave the generous rating of two and a half stars to.
0: Oh, I was worse. I gave it two and a quarter.
1: Yeah, Uh, it's just because I I never thought it was outlandishly bad. I mean, it wasn't like a a Yoshida match of old where he was almost hurting guys. It was just boring. There was just nothing going on in this match.
0: And what's even worse is you were talking about the stipulation. When I was watching this match, I was like, the only piece of Yoshino's offense that he uses now would be this is all going to be about the Sol Naciente. And it was all about the Sol Naciente. And it was all about the Sol Naciente. And I was just like, oh, he's going for the Sol Naciente again. Because that's <laughs> all he can do. Like, he's not going to, he hasn't like really used the lightning spiral since his last long run with the title. So I was just like, okay, this is going to be garbage. And it was, at least the crowd was into it because I sure as hell wasn't.
1: No, it was. It was bad, and, and the only thing that lingers in my mind from this match is Shima and T-Hawk and Shingo are going to be at the Battle of Los Angeles, and they are going to turn heads, and then this is what you main event with on your big show? I just... I, and again, it's I'm not saying they should counter-program it, and should really, they should really show Shima what's up, but God, this was so bad
0: yeah I, i'm just developing this analogy in my head right now so just go with me on it it might work might not but just go with me on this y- you know what i feel about right now and I, we can get into owe here because i feel like this is kind of the appropriate time since you brought it up i feel like that this was like dragon gate is acting like cmll the strong and stale you know they're not doing anything interesting they're not doing anything good like this to be honest with me this felt like when i would watch a whole lot of cml shows like the, where I was just like exhausted by the end of it, and then you have Owe, where Shima is gone to Russell One, and he basically got the uh, green light to straight up murder kids, and I'm just like, oh, this is Dragon Gate, it's existing, but this isn't the right foot forward when some when already the three guys who have left have already have done more interesting things in Russell One, and will do more interesting things, and. In Bola this weekend, then then Dragon Gate swing right now. So it was it, it's frustrating. Like L Lindeman right now. Like I watched the L Lindeman and uh, T Hawk tag team championship challenge against uh, Koji Doi. I believe that's his name. I'm sorry. It was my first time I ever watching that
1: Koji Doi and Shuji Kondo champions. Yeah,
0: yeah, and Shuji Kondo, who's a guy that I of course I could way back with, and I was like, holy shit, if this was the Lindeman I was seeing earlier this year, I would be. I, I would be even more broken up because now I'm seeing this. And T-Hawk is in a company where fans care about him. And then further down the card, it's Shima just murdering guys. Uh, you had you had Gao Xinxia, who is green as hell. and But when he comes in, he's good. And then, to be honest, the other team that they had from uh, the uh, Las Vegas promotion that does that over there was garbage. But No, they were bad. They were bad. But the rest of the Stronghearts guys are doing awesome things. And this is what we get. Yeah, look, I, we'll, we'll we'll say our piece on Wrestle One right now. Yeah.
1: There is not more appointment viewing, must watch, immediately go and watch it once it's uploaded than the OWE guys at Wrestle One right now. And since they debuted in June, there have been seven OWE matches. Go watch all seven immediately. There is nothing that feels fresher or more exciting or more game changing than what Shima and his crew is doing in Wrestle 1 right now. And it's Wrestle 1, which has always been bad. I've never been into Wrestle 1. I don't watch anything else on the card but these OWE guys because they are doing stuff that just feels raw. And it just feels different than anything else going on in wrestling right now. Um, I, It's it's unbelievable that this is what this crew is doing that that t hawk is showing this much fire and that l who who i was 100 right on this and i bragged about it on twitter last night and mike backed me up and made an even better point i knew from the moment that yuga hayashi stepped into a wrestling ring that that guy was going to be a star yuga hayashi became l Lindeman, and he's coming across like a superstar in wrestle one right now and it is amazing to see Go watch all seven OWE matches. There's three on June 22nd, one on July 18th, one on August 11th, and then two on September 2nd. Go watch them all. And it's,
0: I, I'll tell you what I'm doing, and I've started doing this. I'm right now going to have Hurricane Florence hit me this week, and I have all kinds of battery backups and charges. When my power goes out, I'm going to be watching all of that. Like, I'll be sitting there, and hopefully I still have, like, phone connections so I could tweet about it, because it's exciting. It's it's a Linda man who might have become the best wrestler on the planet under five foot five. It's T Hawk being the ace that dragon gate desperately wanted him to be. Ichima being the prickish 40, 20 year veteran just absolutely going, Oh wait, this, this guy has only been wrestling for a year. Oh, he's going to meteor to the back of the head and he's going to fold up like a pancake. And then
1: and watching Shima in wrestle one has been the biggest reminder that he's one of the best wrestlers to ever do it. And look, I think highly of the drag class, you know, all of these classes, more than most people do more than your PWO crowds, more than you know your Observer Hall of Fame voter. We're not going to get into why Shima should be in the Observer Hall of Fame tonight, but <sighs> it is so clear watching these Wrestle 1 matches that he gets it on another level. And the fact that he took a hand-selected crew and said, we're going to change wrestling, and is doing it, is nailing his path to greatness. It's unbelievable, and I just don't understand how... Not everybody in the world is singing his praises. Now, Mike, we'll talk about it later. Once you watch this July uh, Corgan Hall match, it, it comes across to me like it is Shima told every single person that match what they're going to do, and then they did it to perfection, and because of that, the match is brilliant. It's and Watching him
0: and Russell one is just unbelievable. And, and you know what's even more so that, that makes me even more like angry about this? Yama Moore is coming back. they're not even doing this with Yamamura yeah Yeah. Yamamura I've heard that November might be a maybe I might be entirely too optimistic in saying that but he is he's at all these shows I don't know if he went to the crash with uh, I don't know if he went to the crash with uh, I I did not
1: see him at ringside so I don't think he was there
0: but if Yamamura turns it on it might be one of the more heartbreaking things as a Dragon Gate fan being like, oh, this was our future, and it's gone now. I mean, I will. That goes without saying, OWE itself hasn't run a show since July, and they were supposed to be running weekly by now. But the Strong Stronghearts guys, it's some incredible stuff. And it's empo- it's point watching the, uh, the, the uh, World 1... Uh, not World One, the Wrestle One uh, tag team championship <laughs> match might be might end up as one of my top ten matches of the year. Like it just wasn't really. Cool. Wow. I the, this was the Lindemann I always thought it could be, and this was T Hawk. Them both reaching, not even being at their ceiling, but getting close to it. And I just loved it. And Shuichi Kondo, I miss that guy. Like he's oh, a guy. I
1: think I think we might be seeing a lot more of him yeah, in, yeah.
0: in a few weeks oh that bless my heart that would be great but i think that there's no more hating we can do on uh, the Dreamgate match uh do you have any more russell one owe thoughts before we move on
1: <sighs> no shit we gotta go back to talk about dragon <laughs> and that, that says it all i mean w- well i'll say this w- when the split happened i was like okay i'll pay attention to what she was doing you know good for him he's leaving he's gonna be happy how can you not root forever? I mean, I am so into Strong Hearts right now that again, that I'm watching Wrestle 1, which is a promotion that I've actively disliked for whatever reason. The promotion has always rubbed me the wrong way. I am excited to see Wrestle 1 shows get uploaded now because of Shima. He's, he's just a once-in-a-generation talent, and he's taking T-Hawk and El Lindemann and Gao, and now Yamamori if he comes back. I am so into strong hearts in a way that I never, ever thought I'd be.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And back to Dragon Gate. Uh, the Twin Gate match was was Yamato and BB Hulk defending their title against the former bicycle brothers of uh, Don Fuji and Ryo Saito. Uh, Yama Hulk make their first defense in 25 minutes and seven seconds with a first flash assisted Galarea on Ryo Saito. I had it at three and a half. It was... A match of very different segments that came together at the end with a really strong finishing stretch. Uh Case, what were your thoughts of this match overall? Oh, you
1: said exactly what I what I wrote down, what I've, you know, three days later is still the impression that's left on my on my mind. It's it has its moments where it's a really, really good match. And I hope this isn't the last we see of Fuji and, and Saito and then you know Willie Mac, whoever else they team with. Um, because Fuji and Saito have been a really fun tag team this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was concerned that that they were going to lose this match and that'd be the last we'd see of them and they'd go their separate ways. But it looks like they're booked together for at least the rest of this tour. Um, Yamato and Hulk continue to be a really good team together. I mean, BB Hulk is trying really hard and succeeding in most of what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And, and it was, again, it was a three and a half star match. I You know, it has its moments. I I don't think it's essential viewing, but I certainly at least recommend it to some degree.
0: Yeah, and it had a a pretty hot start. There was a really good chop battle between Fuji and Yamato, which I think this is one of the reasons why I like this team so much, is that it doesn't let Yamato do 10 minutes of hand-wank legwork. Like, I'm pretty happy about that. Yes. But it was a good start going into it's a Don Fuji match, so it had balcony spots, but they decided to do two balcony spots, and Hulk almost went over on one of them. Like, very,
1: very close.
0: So, that, that it had its segments, and then the, they they actually worked into, it as Mr. Nakagawa was frustrated and did a 20 count, where, where uh, Ryo Saito got in just before the got in at 18 and then i think it was it hulk that got in at 20 and was basically gassed at that moment yeah.
1: it, it, it's actually it's my favorite spot of the match i thought it was perfectly well done with hulk making this epic chase back to the ring and he rolls it at 19 and a half and then is still completely out of energy
0: yeah i thought that was great uh i also the, the person we really haven't mentioned a lot about this match is don fuji don fuji i believe he's 48 he might be turning 49 this year, and he held up his end of the bargain in this match, you know, like this might have this like he usually in these kind of matches takes a back seat and comes in. But it was it felt like it was a true tag team with uh, Rio Saito and him. I, I like that a whole lot.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, people forget that when Don Fuji wants to Don Fuji can bring it. I mean, he's he's the first Tory wine class and and all of those guys with, you know, the exception of Magnum are really, really proficient in multiple areas of wrestling when Fuji wants to, and when he wants to show up in a match like this, he's as good as anybody. I mean, Don Fuji is a really talented wrestler that mask it and, and comedy and being a sex icon and being this love guru. But we forget that underneath the dad bod layer is this really talented professional wrestler.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's moments like this, and maybe it is that for the longest time, my sentimental favorite Dragon Gate match was this is Aozuku versus Zetterin's, uh Loser Must Tri versus Triangle Gate match, where he really brought that match. And it was kind of like, oh, that was over a decade ago, and he's still awesome when he wants to be when he's not beating up young boys. So it was great seeing him in that. Uh, something I noticed in this match, I kind of wrote down because it made me chuckle. Do you... Do you think Hulk has changed his boots since Blood Warriors? Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> I have not. He has blue boots. He's had blue <laughs> boots I think since Blood Warriors. Uh, and and I it's something that I've noticed a little bit but this match I really noticed and I was like, "Hulk, are you saving for retirement, buddy? I know you've talked about this being the last chapter in BB's story, but do you have like a pair of silver boots or like black boots, not like these bright patent blue ones?" So I did not notice that it, you're now never each BB Hulk match. You're going to see who's wearing his blue boots. I'm going to look. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But I thought it had a great finishing stretch. I love the uh, final flash in the Galleria finish. Like That's I thought awesome. it's awesome. They let up, uh, they, they had a big near fall with with Cyrio going for the double cross, which was great. Like this is, uh, it's it sandwiched between two shit matches, so it's like the piece of chocolate and two pieces of shit. But I like this match a whole lot. Like it's three and a half stars, but I'm really fondly thinking back about this match.
1: Yeah, again, it's got its moments. It's got some really, really good spots in it. I just don't think it was put together as a as a great match. But but yeah, it's it's got its moments. It's, it's a really good match. I you know. Three and a half stars is not, is not shitting on a match. It, it was really good.
0: Yep, yeah, and maybe 25 minutes was too long for it, but it was, it was the highlight of the, uh, the last three matches of the show. So uh, I'm looking at my clock right now. I'm going to see how long we spent on this next match. The Brave Gate, open the Brave Gate match was Ada versus Punch Tomonaga. Ada won in 14 minutes and one second with a murder kick. It was the first defense of the uh, Brave Gate championship. It sucked. It was the worst match on the show. What do you have, guys? Yeah, I don't watch
1: to. No, just don't. I, it, I am a Punch Nago fan. I like the guy. I don't like him enough to see him in Brave Gate matches. And I just, this was just such a waste of a spot on the card. And no, I got, I got nothing.
0: All right. So after talking about that match for exactly one minute, let's talk about where the show is legitimately great. Let's. T- the Triangle Gate match was the. uh was the, was the fourth match of the show. It was KZ, Susumu Yokosuka, and Genki Horiguchi successfully defending their Triangle Gate Championship. It was the third defense for Natural Vibes. They defeated the uh, the Tri-Vanguard the, uh, tri team we were talking about earlier, Kagatora, Yosuke Santa Maria, and UT. It was KZ winning with the impact in 16 minutes and 35 seconds, hitting that on UT. And I had it just under four stars. I just couldn't go four stars on it. I had three and a quarter, but I... Really, really enjoyed it. And this goes back to what we were just talking about, this Tri-Vanguard team rules.
1: Yeah, I had it at three and three quarters. Um, I th- I think it's very, very cool that at the Corkin show, UT submitted Yoko Suka, and then at the pay-per-view, KZ pins UT. It does a lot for natural vibes, cementing KZ yet again as that top guy. Um, but if we go back to this Tri-Vanguard team, I really, really think... There's something there with UT and Maria and Kagatora winning an eventual Triangle Gate Championship. Will that do anything in terms of draws, in terms of buys? I don't think so because it's the Triangle Gate and it's those three. But I think there's a moment in Dragon Gate where UT, it would be his second Triangle Gate win. People forget that he was Triangle Gate Champion with T-Hawk and Ata. Uh, we also, speaking of anniversaries earlier, just past the five-year anniversary of the millennials debuting in Dragon Gate. Um, but so UT has he's won a triangle championship before, but that was another lifetime ago. I think this current form of UT, if they want to have him submit Yokosuka or Horaguchi, or I, I don't think KZ's the guy to do it with, but but one of those established Established veterans. If they want to have him submit one of those guys and win these championships, defend it once or twice, and then lose them to a, a better team, I think there's something there that you could point and say that's the Drangate that I love.
0: Absolutely, and for having a a very hard to watch Bravegate champion, a good Twin Gate champion with two of your bigger stars, and then Yoshino, you can have a triangle gate team that's not all heavy hitters it can be the lower ranked people in a unit and as we're saying like this is a this is a coherent team and i feel like that i don't know if they're going to get another shot again but if it came down to like gated destiny or final gate and they got another challenge and won i would be perfectly happy with it because how they've built up ut and really uh, as a way that he's kind of in the same space that kz was two years ago you know like it feels like it feels like that the that Dragon Gate's finally going, like okay, we can trust this guy now. He's not going to be so injury-prone. Let's kind of get behind him. And also for KZ, one of the big problems that people have had with KZ is he's over-person. He's clearly set as, like, a second-tier player right now, even though he's the leader of the unit. But most of his wins have come off of, like, elbow smashes or skydis specials. The fact that he won with a decisive move, I think, was a good move here.
1: Absolutely. Um and I, I to backtrack just for a second, I, I don't, like, my problem is I don't think I trust UT to give him any sort of sustained KZ push because he's just, he's, he's like Kotoka. He's so small that it just seems like anything could go wrong, but I love this short story they're telling with him, and I hope we see more of it. Um, and then after that, you know that's that's a gut decision. Maybe you know I obviously don't have the pencil, or else things would be different. You know, maybe if I see him, you know, hold the triangle gate run, you know, hold the triangle gate title successfully, I go, okay, I can trust this guy. And I wonder if Dragon gate is in that similar position where they're just waiting for a little bit more certainty on him not completely breaking down.
0: Right. I mean, he's 24 and he's already had all these things happen to him. So like you. you I think that's appropriate for them to kind of be in like a, a show me phase, but if he's able to keep up, why not see this time next year about him getting brave gate shots of him being a third in a triangle gate team. I'm, that's I'm...
1: He's absolutely delivering. And as I said earlier, a guy that I thought was useless for most of his career is mm. one of the best things in the promotion right now.
0: Absolutely. And the way that he's gotten the crowd into the BN especially in this match, like he constantly was applying to Susumu like he, he like Susumu came with his shoulder all taped up from Cork and I thought that was a great throwback for that so like the the way that they've handled UT over the last few months has been really really special I thought I thought this whole entire match was it was a very very solid match the crowd was really into it and they've really built up UT as someone and they made sure to to, to still have KZ finish strong and I feel like I've kind of repeated myself a couple of times here but I really enjoyed it and this is a match that you should go have your way to watch Completely agreed. Alright, so that was it for the title matches on the show. The next match was the was a 4-on-4 match with uh, with Antios, the almost complete Antios team of Big R Shimizu, Benkei, Shingo Takagi, and Yusushi Kanda facing up uh, maximum and not maximum, I think to call it, of Nuruki Doi, Dragon Kid, Kaido Ishida, and Jason Lee. Benkei penned Kaido Ishida in 16 minutes and 54 seconds. And Case, uh, before I get into my thoughts, what, what were your thoughts about this match overall?
1: It was my favorite match on the show, um, and I was expecting it to be good, and it kind of caught me off guard at just how good it was. Uh, four star match for me. I could see an argument for four and a quarter. Um, if you, you know, if you really, really loved it, four and a half. I'm not gonna, you know, cross examine you too much. Um, this was. It's a shame that this match happened third on the show and not like sixth because. I think this match being positioned later in the card could have changed my whole perception of the show. Um, But, but everybody delivered in this match, including Yasushi Kanda, who I thought looked really good here and looked really good at the Cork and Hall show a few days ago. And a very few people, maybe only Joe Lance is harder on Yasushi Kanda than I am, Uh, but he looked good here is another killer performance for Takagi shimizu of all people shimizu is the one that i'm a little concerned about still because he didn't jump off the page to me here uh and then ben Kay looked great in his first heel performance all the maximum guys and the non-maximum guys look great so i love this
0: match yeah uh i think that the my first note in this and this kind of goes into ben k's turn he's wearing temporary gear that kind of look like he took a pair of kanda's pants and just cut them off at the cut them off of the thighs and he looked like a proper thick boy here he's showing off the gams now which i mean i think that was always an issue with maximum clothes where you didn't get the overall impression of how massive this guy was and he looks great here
1: oh yeah and it's temporary gear but i don't hate it because i was really outspoken at the time when he adopted the ben k gimmick they put him in baggy pants and it's like how how are you like how are you not putting as little clothing on this guy as possible like he's so much bigger than the rest of your roster how are you not showing that off because it's not i don't think it's it, it would you know hurt the perception of a dragon kid or a sheeta or, or you know doy who's ripped out of his mind it's just ben k is a different type of muscle and it's awesome
0: yeah and it's one of the things that i'm going to try not to use another night to he's but you got to show off those pens. Like he is a massive <laughs> dude, and it makes his moves look more impre- impressive too. And going into like Shimizu, like I felt like Shimizu felt a little bit more comfortable here because he was with his tag team partner, and they were able to do like their pop up spears and that. But he still kind of was a little bit goofy there. I thought that Ishida. This might have been my favorite Ishida match of his career. Really, it's, it's either that or that a uh, Mochizuki Fuji match from uh, uh, Final Gate 2016. Oh yeah,
1: with uh, it was Ashita and yamamura versus mochi Fuji, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like this Shit, that was good. Yeah, this is my favorite match of his since then and this was like as much as I don't think DK and Ashita fit and Maximum as characters, like teamwork wise they worked in this match and I thought that was really kind of great.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, I now that you said that I there's a very short list of four star Kaito Ashita candidates. This has got to be up there and he looked really really good in this match. So this was this was the point of the show where I'm going, well, the first two matches were good, which we'll talk about in just a second. But you know, the first two matches were good, and this match was great, and the triangle gate matches coming up. I think we're really onto something, and then it lost steam towards the end. But this match was awesome. I highly recommend this.
0: Yeah, great finishing stretch. Takagi, considering how he didn't really take as much at Korkin, I feel like he took more here. And it was Ishida, as we just said, best match. And it really was, it felt like a match that should have been higher up on the card. Uh, any other last thoughts on this match before we get into the, uh, the stock the I can't believe I'm saying this before we get into the stalker match, but you have <laughs> any other thoughts?
1: No, I'm ready to talk stalker Chikawa.
0: Okay. So the second slash second and a half match of the show was Misaki Mochizuki and Cassandra Miyagi representing Sendai girls versus Hollywood stalker Chikawa and Mako Satomura also representing Sendai girls the first match was Misaki Mochizuki pinning Hollywood Sakura Chikawa in what's listed as a very generous six seconds to the jumping high kick. The second match was Cassandra Miyagi pinning Sakura Chikawa in eight minutes and 51 seconds with a very generously counted three count. And off the bat, how much better do you think this stalker match was than the one at Kobe World?
1: Oh my gosh. I mean, this was... It, the, the, the Kobe World match is the rare stalker strikeout you know since 1999 like he's consistently funny and this was one of those matches where and i watched this live at the time i watched uh the first three matches live and then the next uh four or whatever the morning after um this match made me laugh out loud i mean it's it is peak stalker and i don't know anything about uh cassandra miyagi um i know who miko Sanamora is because i'm cool and on the internet and i know people like her but I've seen her wrestle maybe once or twice,, uh, so I loved everything about this. Mochizuki was great. I thought Mochizuki and Satamura going out it were super cool. Um,
0: and Sory Chikawa' the man, yeah, and probably the easiest day of work ever for Cassandra Miyaki. like yes <laughs> she all she wrestled against was Saku Chikawa. There was basically combi spots. She maybe was talk we talked earlier about Don Fuji and openers where he maybe works a minute and a half. She worked a minute and a half in this entire match. It was great though. It's the greatest hits of Soccer at Chikawa, though,
1: in a in a great greatest hits album that is.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had everything great. Of course, you had you had yeah, Yagi as referee there, and he played his part great. It was, it is. If I was going to show a comedy match of this year, it's probably my favorite comedy match of the year. So that's a safe bet. Safe bet. I don't rate soccer matches because that's not the point of soccer matches, but it's worth watching. So yes, for sure. Go ahead. The opener was a six person tag match with a. Uh, shin skywalker Hio watanabe and willie mack going against gama brother yashi and problem dragon willie and mack got the win of the big thump in 11 minutes and 18 seconds over problem dragon and i again this was a this was this as an opener was stronger than the cork uh, opener i love the uh mochizuki dojo plus mac team it was sendai was from was behind all the young guys big spots which is kind of one of the things i was worried about with this being like their second ever like big show there that they would know really about Hiya Wanabe and Shin Skywalker. And I thought HiO looked really good here and Shun was solid as well. Uh what did you think about the match?
1: Oh yeah. This was this was awesome. Uh this is what I'm looking for from a Dragon Gate opener. Uh Mac continues to kill it. I, I just I don't see how unless he doesn't want it, how he isn't brought back as soon as possible, uh, because he looked like a million bucks here. Shun Skywalker looked great, and we talked about it briefly off-air, but Brother Yashi has looked pretty good lately, and he looked pretty good in this match.
0: Right, yeah, I mean, Yashi, in this opening match context, is pretty solid here, you know? He has, like, his couple spots that he does, and the crowd likes it, and he is in and out. You're not expecting him to shoulder the load in the match. And yeah, exactly. And Gamma and Problem Dragon, I mean, to be quite honest, they were the exact same wrestlers as they were at, at Quirk. And, but the other four, the other four were pretty great there. And I really hope Mac. Also, another reason why I hope Mac comes back because the great photos he takes of Don Fuji on Twitter and Instagram.
1: Yes, well, and obviously we hope it leads to Don Fuji going to the Gathering of the Juggalos, as Willie Mac is a certified Juggalo. Um, that's what I'm really hoping to get out of this relationship.
0: Do we Think Don Fuji's a juggalo at heart? Yes, you, you don't think that they're on the bus and maybe Willie Mac has the headphones on? Don Fuji's sitting across the aisle and he's like saying, like, Well, he just kind of like beat his head a little bit. And he's like, He's like, Mac, music, can I listen to it? And the two of them they're, they're sharing that the, the iPod, you know, the iPod headphones, you know, one in each year and they're listening to ICP. I like to think that's happening. You well, know. I'd like
1: to think on their off days when the Dragon Gate crew heads down to the beach like the giant family they are, Don Fuji's opening that cooler and he's not pulling out Crown Royal. You know, he's not pulling out his Jack Daniels. He's pulling out some Fago. Okay, oh. Don Fuji is a man of the people.
0: <laughs> Don, I, I'm now just imagining Don Fuji hearing about Fago and going to every single combi looking for, <laughs> Don, <laughs> looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> and how perplexed like the poor people are at like two o'clock in the morning <laughs> and he's asking for some video and uh, this, this is like the uh this this is kind of like the relaxing sitcom i never thought i needed was don fuji and willie mac as you know two friends wrestling across japan you know and then of course the finale has to be at the Catherine gel glows you know
1: yeah, well it's like, you know, Willie Mac comes to Japan. I'm sure it's a great fit. You know, I bet he'd get along with Yoshino or, or you know, Eita or one of the young guys. Nope, Don Fuji. Of course, of course that's his best friend there. You know, it makes it makes perfect sense in some strange world. So yeah, gathering of the juggalos is what I'm really looking to get out of the Willy Mac and Dragon Gate partnership. Oh,
0: who else would come over though? Like like of course those two. Do you think that they somehow convince Mo- Mochizuki to come aboard? I don't think Mochizuki would be would be like oh i'm not going to is it in ohio or indiana uh,
1: i it's not an indiana if it was in indiana i would have gone by now i it's got to be in the bumblefuck kentucky ohio just
0: wasteland of the midwest hey that's the part of the midwest my family's from so yes I, <laughs> so yes i could see that happen but yes uh so who would be the, th- the third person for their trios offer match Probably Shun Skywalker, because
1: or Sean Skywalker, Shawn as Mochizuki calls him, or uh, as Willie Mac calls him. That's The second time I've confused Willie Mac and Masaki Mochizuki. Um, but yeah, that you know, the gathering of the travel is—they have that big wrestling show every year. They book Necro, uh, they book Colt Cabana. It's time Don Fuji comes along.
0: And you, actually, I have a counter person. Masato Yoshino, who only cares about baseball, comes along just to talk to Necro Butcher about minor league baseball.
1: <laughs> I forgot Necro was super into baseball. I'm into either scenario.
0: Yeah, either scenario, like that's how that show works. But yeah, Willie Mack's awesome. He was great with this trios team. And what if there was a stable of of Mochi Fuji, the young guys, and Willie Mack? Like, that'd be a great stable.
1: Oh, in a in a totally, you know, non-ironic way. I mean, that that's a stable that I can fully get behind in that at least from a match quality perspective is going to be the best thing on every card.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, So I think that's about it for, for gate of origin. Do you have any other thoughts about the show before we start talking about, uh, uh, dangerous gate and what's coming up ahead for dragon gate?
1: Uh, no, gate of origin was a, was a good show, not a great show. Um, it left me feeling positive in some regards to the promotion and left me feeling worried about others, but it, you know, it was more positives
0: than negatives. Yeah. I'd agree with you on that. It was, no, it was a show that honestly, if you stopped watching at a certain point, you probably would be pretty happy with it, but it was, you know, there was enough good and bad. It's just avoid the brave gate and dream gate matches and you'll have a, a lot more positive experience than we did. All right. So there are three more shows remaining this month. At least I have cards so far for Dragon Gate. The first one's coming up on the 15th. It is from Eon Arena 2. It will be on the network. And we're just going to run through the cards real quickly, talk about matches we're interested in. The first match on this September 15th show is the Tri-Vanguard team of Yamato, BB Hulk, and Kagatora versus Susumu Yokosuka. Gamma, and Problem Dragon. Match two is DK and Kaido Ishida versus Genki Horiguchi and Brother Yashi. Match three is UT versus Willie Mack. Match four is Misaki Mochizuki, Don Fuji versus Ryo Saito and, oh, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. It was Misaki Mochizuki and Shin Skywalker versus Ryo Saito and Don Fuji. Match five is Big R Shimizu and Yuzushi Kondo versus KZ and Punch Tobinaga. And match six is the entirety of Maximum versus Benkei, Ada, and Takashi Yoshida. So, Case, what are you interested in on this show?
1: Well, I'm interested, I guess, technically in the whole card because the important thing to remember is that this show and then the Kobe Samba Hall show that we're going to talk about are the big lead-ups into Dangerous Gate, because there's not a Cork and Hall show between Gate of Origin, which we just talked about, and Dangerous Gate, which is one of the big five shows. So I think these shows are going to have a little more importance to them, or at least I hope they do. Uh, from a match quality perspective, matches one through four I'm into, I'm super into UT versus Willie Mac, and I'm super, super into Mochi and Skywalker versus Saito and Fuji. Um, I was secretly hoping that Fuji and Saito would win the Twin Gate titles just so we could get this match at Dangerous Gate. I'll take this here, and then I'll take you know, a Mochi Skywalker challenge at, at Dangerous Gate versus Hulk and Yamato. Uh, match five can get lost. Match six, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm just not into Ada and Yoshida, even with Ben K.
0: Yeah, I completely co-sign with everything that you just said. I like the other match that I'm kind of interested in is matched to the DK and Ishida team. I've been really enjoying them so far. And it'll be, and with Horiguchi, which, you know, if Horiguchi is uh, trying that night, and then we'll see how much, if we get too much brother Yashi or not. But yeah, no, the rest of the card, like match three and four, those two matches really could be something, especially with uh, UT versus Willie Mack, seeing Yave and that against Willie Mack could be really, really interesting.
1: Yeah, I like the way that looks on paper a lot
0: yep all right so on the 18th is a show from kobe's kobe sambo hall it is another six match show running down the card we have the entirety of maximum versus ryo saito kakatora and shun skywalker we have two singles match back to back so we'll see how this goes of gamma versus Ginki horaguchi and then takashi yoshida versus yuki Yoshioka. match four is dk and ashida versus bb hulk yosuke san maria match five is the match that you were kind of that that, that you've been we actually know you were talking about the match there but this is another interesting match though with mochi fuji versus yamato and willie mac match six is bigger shimizu Binkei, ada and yuzushi kanda versus kezi susuma Yokosuka, brother yashi and punch tomonaga so what are you interested in on here
1: well that opener jumps out to me as i'm as a match that could headline this show, I think, I mean, that looks really, really good. And I find it interesting that it's, that it's the opening match on this show. It really makes me think there's something that's going to happen in this opening match, uh, between Yoshino and Doi, because they are wrestling each other on a pay-per-view a week after this match takes place. Um, but Yoshino, Doi and Jason Lee versus Saito Kagator and Skywalker. I mean, that's, that's a match six if if, you know, if I've got the pencil, um, I, I also like this DK Ishida team a lot. Um, I'm going to be looking at match four there with them versus Hulk and Santa Maria and match five is, I think we'll get a better idea after that of Willie Max's future in dragon gate. He's in there with Mochizuki who has wrestled before he's in there with Fuji, who is obviously buddies with He's in there with Yamato and he's teaming with Yamato. And I think that's very, very interesting. So my full focus on this card goes to match five right there. I think the main event looks good. Um, I'm not, again, I need Antius. I'm I'm ready for them to rebrand at this point. So they don't do a ton for me on these shows. But Mochizuki and Fuji versus Yamato and Willie Mack, that could really be something.
0: Yeah, and going off what you were talking about with Maximum there, I think it's also conspicuous that you have them so early on the show then you have DK and Ishida. You know, that can mean something. Like, there could be storyline development there as well. So really, I feel like that match 1, 4, and 5 are the ones so watch but i assume that there's gonna be some something at the end of the show because right now they're the i think that's going to kind of lead into the uh get the uh, dangerous gate match because at the end of the uh, brave gate match we didn't talk about it because we were getting through as fast as possible uh ada tried to sh- shave punch tobinaga's head for like the fifth time and now it's a ada gun versus uh natural vibes view going on so i i could see that being important like storyline wise for that i guess you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be a good match. It's just on paper a little hard for me to get excited about, but that's
1: just been my feeling on the heel unit for two years now, but I'm working through it.
0: Yep, yep, pretty much since uh, Shingo lost the uh, Dream Gate. I'm with you there. Uh, there's not a card for this, but there will be one other live show before Dangerous Gate. It is the uh, Dragon Gate Studio Plus Prime Zone volume 69 show which they're combining the two now kind of into its own thing they're moving out of the sanctuary which is actually pretty big news there i don't know if they're completely out or just the shows are and they're they're moving into like an act i think it's a tv studio they're moving into for that so there's no card for that but that's and prime zone kind of works on its own continuity I know that since I've been on Open the Voice Gate, we haven't talked much about Prime Zone. I don't know if, how much you've talked about it before as well, but that's happening on the twenty first. So,
1: yeah, of course, we finally get. Uh, so, is, is Prime Zone combined with Next now? Is that the deal there?
0: To my understanding, yes. So, okay,
1: cool. So we finally get Next shows and no longer because Next there there's the the Next shows which were in the sanctuary in front of. Mm-hmm. 20 people max i mean it's the tiniest building that they run in um was always young guys um i i'm i've been lucky enough to find a few next matches over the years um but of course i'm super intrigued by it and right as we get footage of it it has merged into another uh offshoot of the promotion so it's a little disappointing but i'm interested to see um at the very least to to see what drag eight studio plus is
0: yeah, it's going to be interesting. I hope it's more next stuff because, like you, I love following the young guys and seeing what's going on there. So we'll see. I mean, I'll be interested to see the new place they're doing it because I think it's a TV studio. So I mean yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that, which will be interesting. I mean, it was always kind of charming to have the next and the Prime Zone shows in the building that Dragon Gate operated in. But after a while, I could see why they are, especially with how the company is now. So it'll be interesting to see. I don't it, – it'll probably be outside of continuity unless they do like the signings for Dangerous Gate, but that's really that for, uh, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? That'll be interesting to see. The big show that everything is building for will be on September 24th from Tokyo, the Oda City General Gymnasium. It is Dangerous Gate 2018. Uh, I think we should, let's go down this show match by match. The opener is listed as Calgatorre, Yosuke Santa Maria, and UT, so that a tribe vanguard Triangle Gate Challenge team going against the best buds team of Rio Saito, Don Fuji, and Willie Mack.
1: Oh, holy shit, this match looks amazing. I mean, this match is gonna be really, really good. It's gonna get the show started on the right foot.
0: Absolutely. And it it, it kind of builds up of everything they've had. And I'm stoked for this match. Like, this is like this is this will be the last match for Willie Mack on this tour. So it'll be interesting to see. How he kind of goes out. I think with the with the folks he's going up against, I expect it'll be pretty awesome. So, and I'm just excited about there's not much more I can say about that. Yeah, I'm super, super into this match. All right. Match two is a pretty scattered match of people in it, but it is Jason Lee, Kaido Ishida, Hyo watanabe Yuki Yoshioka versus Gamma, Sachihoko Boy, Problem Dragon, and Koda Minonora. It's, that match is, I mean, you have Jason Lee and Kaito So you have that storyline, you have two of the guys of uh, Mochizuki Dojo on their team, and then you have a real just smorgasbord of people. (laughs) Like, like, Menonora, of course, is in that role where he's just being plugged in, you know, I mean, him being in match two is probably more so just because that's the place for him. Sachi Boy, who I don't think has wrestled much since uh, Kobe World shows up, and then gamma and problem dragon are kind of attached at the waist right now
1: yeah this is it i find this very interesting that this match is going on in match two instead of being the opener Mm -hmm. because everything about this screams opener to me and everything about the history of dragon gate says this is the first match on the show um it makes me think they're going to give willie mac some sort of spotlight at the at the end of match one and then this is you know, reverting back to some young guys and Jason Lee. um, It will probably not be bad, but it will probably not be super good. It will be, you know, your two and a half star average match, which I'm okay with.
0: Yep, it'll be in about nine minutes. It'll be in and out. Everyone will have like their moments in there. Kota Minora might do something that goes off the rails and so might Hiyo Wanabe. Like, we'll see. It'll be interesting. Uh, Match three is uh, Shingo Takagi's kind of starting i don't know what they're going to call the his farewell well tour but this is the start of it Shingo takagi versus kai
1: that's it's a it's a <laughs> fucking bummer there's there's, there's just not like like i can't exude a bunch of energy on this like i yelled about how great wrestle one is earlier we talked about how bad yoshida versus Yoshino was this, like, it's like I've, I'm already blacking this match out. Like, it just sucks. Yeah. Um, it just sucks. Because even if it was Hiroshi Yamato, that's, like, a cool dynamic I can get behind. But it's fucking Kai. And Kai has never been good.
0: And if it was Hiroshi Yamato, we'd have his charming entrance. Like, of course. So, yeah. No, th- this match sucks. Like, poor Shingo. Like, I, I'm assuming he asked for this match. So, he's getting what he asked for. But it picks up from there as we have the... Uh, nat- it's listed as Natural Vibes versus Antios All Out War Elimination match. At this time, I assume that they will be renamed before this match and they'll kind of show their new colors and we'll know what they are and get kind of feel they are. It is all five member- members of Natural Vibes being KZ, Susumu Yokosuka, Gigi Horiguchi, Brother Yoshi and Punch Tomonaga versus Big R Shimizu, Benkei, Yuzushi Kanda, Takashi Yoshida, and X. So, Case, who do you think X is?
1: Well, I was recently on a podcast with our good friend Alan Forel, where for two hours we waxed poetically about how how talented uh, the man that Gravity Forgot is. Um, Fully expecting him to show up at All In 11 days ago, and that didn't happen, so I can't, go 0 for 2 here and say it's going to be Pock, which <laughs> means i think it's got to be shuji kondo which is fucking insane
0: oh it's mental the one person from igon i never expect in dragon gate never back if it's event because that's who i think it might be too if it's shuji kondo that's insane and it makes us H- how do
1: we have a dragon gate without shima but with brother yashi and shuji kondo that's <laughs> like that's the alternate timeline if shima splits and starts his own company and and, and or joins all japan and new japan in 2005 instead of shuji Kondo and brother yashi this is insanity
0: and, and just to riff on a second that means that only one former member of Agoniso has not shown up in Gate if that's the case and who is that man case is it shogo takagi it is the man with the with the fantastic mustache, Shogo Jet Takaki,
1: <laughs> and and he can stay out. I'm good with that. <laughs>
0: you, you don't want the punch, Jet, Jet, Jet.
1: Nope, I'm good. I, we, the pro- promotion has enough problems. I'm. I we don't need him.
0: Yeah, uh, I think he only does like one DDT date a year for what well, that's a- as he should as he should. But yeah, it's an all out war elimination match, which I guess is no DQ. Like I don't. No, if there's going to... I forget the last time there was an all-out war match, so... It sounds very Gabe Sapolsky giving a match a nickname-ish, but I believe it's no DQ.
1: Yeah,
0: I believe it's no DQ. Uh, this this could be a main event anywhere in the show, but we're putting it at number four. If we are Gabe <laughs> Sapolsky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope Gabe doesn't listen. He's going to...
1: Do you think he's listening to this? I, look, I love all of our listeners, and Gabe Sapolsky, if you're listening, that's awesome. I... I'm going to take a safe bet and say Gabe is not making it to hour two of a Dragon Gate podcast.
0: Fair enough, but if you are The John Davis versus Johnny Gargano to Ropes match kill Dragon Gate USA. I'm a big fan of that match, Gabe. <laughs> but yeah, no, this, should be, this should be real interesting. I think Yashi works in a match of a lot of Plunder. Tominaga will be doing Tominaga things. Uh, I'm kind of interesting to see what Natural Vibes all at War Gear is. If it's like how the Jimmys came out in Combat Jimmys mode, that could be kind of oh, interesting. If and, they come out
1: of weed socks, maybe.
0: Oh, I, I mean, they're pretty close to doing that right now. They might as well just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go all for it. They all wear black light t-shirts. Yeah, that could be something. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that that could be something. But this will, this will be uh, the debut, I guess, of what Antios will be. And thank God, this. Oh, uh, since we're looking at the end of Antios, I have an important question for you. Yes. You. I bet you can guess it right now. Who who, in retrospect was worse? Antios or Deep Drunkers?
1: You know, that's... I, I'll give an answer for this. I, it's a little hard for me to judge because I was not watching Deep Drunkers at the time and because most of the Deep Drunkers stuff is kind of hidden in a vault. Like, there's not a ton of 2008 through 2010 stuff out there. So I've seen a little bit of it. haven't seen it all, but at least we kind of have a nostalgia for Deep Drunkers that is relatively positive for some negative for others, but it's like, it's fun when Deep Drunkers comes into the conversation. Antios has sucked. And it's amazing because the first few months of Berserk were the greatest thing ever. And that was three years ago now. And we're just, living just in just this bad vortex of antios main events that I'm not super into. Uh so I'm gonna go with Deep Drunkers over Antios.
0: Uh as can nature last fan last fan in the world, I'm gonna go Deep Drunkers there. I think it's kind of an interesting comparison because both the country both times the company were kind of at lows at that time in 2009 with Deep Drunkers and then also in 2018 with Antios. So It'll be, I'll I'll be glad to see Antios go away. I'd never liked really anything about the aesthetic, the theme, really anything about it. So, good riddance, Antios, hello, Ada Gun, hopefully you don't have a really bad name and color scheme. Let's get away from yellow for a bit, you know?
1: Yeah, yellow, red, and black needs to go away. I I, I think we'll
0: probably have black in some form, but... Yeah, that's, but but the the three together, I just, I don't want to say it. It's almost making Mad Lanky look bad in retrospect with the colors. So yeah, but there's only three title matches on the show, which is why Natural Vibes is in that match and why Ada is in this next one. It is the uh <laughs> it is the rematch that we both were kind of dreading at Kobe World, but it's happening at Dangerous Gate. It is Ada defending against Dragon Kid.
1: Yeah, this sucks. This match is on the card. I mean, it's the you know, Shingo and Kai is its own thing. This is the only match that I'm like, ugh. Like, I don't, I'm not into this. These guys have wrestled so many times that it's never that good. So, you know, maybe this is the one time that they really go out there and kill it, but I can't get excited for it anymore, especially after that Kobe World match.
0: Yeah, I'm with, I, I completely agree with you with that. I'm only interested to see because this will be kind of Ada's first match as, like, what I assume to be the definitive leader of a heel unit. So. I, i'd like to
1: be excited about that but it is ada and who yeah. knows if he if he cares we
0: have to make sure there's no soccer on that day like that's the big <laughs> thing okay. all right so that that other two title matches match six which was set up earlier this month is they open the twin gate championship match as yama hulk will be defending against their returning uh, all japan tag team that is Nasaki mochizuki and shin skywalker and i am stoked for this match I am so excited! I think that this is Shun kind of getting his first big shot on a big stage, and it's showing a lot of confidence in them. And I've liked this is the best that Hulk Spence and C lost the title, so I'm all aboard this. Case, how are you feeling about it?
1: It's Shun's first big shot, and I hope he gets dropped right on his neck with the first flash galleria. I am so excited for this match. They are going to beat the shit out of Shun Skywalker, and it is in the semi-main event, and it is going to be awesome. Mochi and Hulk have great chemistry. Mochi and Yamato have great chemistry. But Yamato and BB Hulk are going to punish Shun Skywalker, and I cannot wait.
0: It's going to be tremendous, and it's going to get time, which is something I'm really excited about for Shun, like seeing Shun in matches with more time in it. Really, this thing this, this
1: very easily could have gone on where the natural vibes Antios match is, mm-hmm. and it could have been you know the match before intermission or you know the match before the Bravegate match, which would be the last match before intermission, and it could have gotten sandwiched. But this is the semi main event, which I think is a giant deal for the promotion that Shun Skywalker's semi main eventing this show. Uh, I, I'm so so excited for this. This is my most anticipated match of the show even with X looming in the Antius match, this is my most anticipated match on the show.
0: Now, is you say it's more anticipated than the Open the Dream Gate Championship match where Masato Yoshino defends against Naruki Doi. Did you just say that? Say that again? So you're more anticipated than that, than, my, than the main event, the Open the Dream Gate Championship match between Masato Yoshino versus Naruki Doi. Uh, by a mile. Wow this is this is like the one match that Dragate kept in their holster, and they're blowing it off at Oda
1: yeah, this is this is interesting. Um my my fear about this match is they never have great matches against one another. They're one of the twenty five best tag teams to ever exist, and i I don't think I've ever loved one of their singles matches. Now, I'm higher on them than than some people are because I think some people have they have, think they have bad chemistry. I think it's just not great. Um, th- this match intrigues me more than I'm looking forward to it because I think the direction of the promotion will be much clearer after this match. But, of course, I say that, and then, who knows, Doi might start his own promotion two days after this. Who who knows with the way this company's going. But on paper, uh, I'm looking forward to this, but I, I just know or at least I'm praying that Yamato and Hulk versus Mochi and Skywalker is going to be this epic. Mm. And I think Yoshino and Doi are going to try for an epic and I don't think it's going to get there, but I'm more than happy if they prove me wrong.
0: Yeah. Like I I'm with you on, about Doi and Yoshino matches storyline wise. They're more, it, it's better as a storyline than it is as a match. Like the, the Doi challenges against Yoshino during Yoshino's previous reigns were nothing special. And then, uh, the Doi Tile random on record, I was thinking it was terrible. So I'm hoping that it's something. I mean, Yoshino's reign has not been like blowing the socks off of anyone, to be quite honest. Like, with the, the mess up in the finish of the uh, title switch, uh, Kobe World, the main event was good, but it wasn't outstanding. And then the uh, that was the war. And we just had the worst Dreamgate title match in five years. So. It'll be interesting. I think it's more interesting in that Oda City general, general this gymnasium seats about 5,000, I believe. And they're using this one match, which has been the match they kept in their back pocket, and they're using it here instead of at, really, at Osaka One or at Fukuoka at the end of the year. And I find that interesting. You know? like o- do-
1: Over, under, do they do over, under uh...
0: 3499. Oh jeez. Because I was gonna say I was gonna guess thirty-four hundred. It's <laughs> so I guess yeah. under under but not by a lot. Uh because Okay, uh Under. I think they're doing under.
1: Okay, well that, that works out so I'm gonna go over because even if Drangate and Tendons has been worked in the past, I've never I and I could be the fool here, but I've never believed it's outrageously inflated to this um, astronomical degree i'm gonna say 3900 okay i you said the number i was gonna guess
0: was 34 like okay, so, yeah. so, so when he said 34.99 i was like dude really man now that's <laughs> that's get, that's making make a hard choice there just because uh corkin is kind of stable we'll see how it is next month without uh takagi there and, and no there'll be one more corkin takagi yeah you got one more yeah, Takagi, I, we didn't mention this earlier, Takagi's last date is the uh, October 7th show in Fukuoka, which coincidentally is the same place that he debuted almost exactly 15, 14 years ago. So he has that, uh, there is a, uh, there's a there's a Corkin on October 2nd, and then that Fukuoka show, and that'll be it for him as a full-time roster member. So it's, I 3,400 sounds right, though. Just because 3,400 to 3,900, like that range makes sense. Just because I think that's one of the bigger shows going on in Tokyo that day. I don't think anyone's running a cork in there. Like, no one usually runs Monday cork in shows that I know of. Can you think of anyone?
1: Uh, Nothing's coming to mind.
0: Yeah. So there could be a walk up. This is Dragon Gates, one big match they have. And. You know, it's more interesting seeing how DOI ended uh, Gate of Origin with with kind of doing a hello going for the DOI's five there. So, it... Yes, that was that was a great
1: moment after the match.
0: Yeah, 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 where it's like... Where, where like, basically, Yoshino was pleading with him, please don't backstab me, please don't backstab me, and then he immediately tried for DOI fives. Yoshino was like, no, and he was like, oh, it's just saying hi. That's why we was saying hello. So, it's going to be interesting. I have... Like you, I have really high hopes for the Twin Gate match. I think the, I think the All Out War could be fun if only because it, I assume it's going to be a plunder match. And then, really, I'm excited about the opener and the second match to be interesting. So it's going to be an interesting show in my mind. It'll be a, it'll be a, the first really big test, I guess, for Dragon Gate in my mind. I'm looking
1: forward to this more than I was dead or alive. Uh, I think by a long shot, I think I'm a little more excited about this show than I was for Kobe world. And on paper, it's a really, really good card. And that's kind of all I can ask from Dragon gate at this point. So I'm going into the show with high expectations. I think they can deliver and I'm looking forward to watching and reviewing this show, which is something that I haven't been able to say about Every Dragon Gate show, and I haven't even this year been able to say that about the Big Five because I was not into Dead or Alive at all this year. Um, but this card, I I really like the way it looks. There's a lot of stuff to like there. Um, so that's that's you know my my two cents on Dangerous Gate. I'm I'm sure you know you you'll be able to read my review for sure. Maybe I'll be back on here to talk about it with Mike after it happens. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm more excited about I. I guess the feeling of dread is over in a lot of ways. And now it's kind of like picking yourself up and seeing where it goes from here, you know, and the matches, at least on the card, there's at least three matches in here that I have high expectations for. And some of them that can surprise me. Sadly, one of those is not Shingo versus Kai.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That would be correct.
0: (laughs) But like, that's it for us. Our review section of the show before we, I asked folks on Twitter at Open VoiceGate to just ask us some questions and and just talk about Shingo leaving. So, before we call it an episode, I have a couple questions just about Shingo that we're going to talk about here. Uh, the first one is from Lucas at Stubborn Jester asking, "When slash if Shingo returns to Dragon Gate, how do you think the GG crowd will react to him?" Yeah,
1: that's. That's hard to tell just because, as we kind of talked about earlier, he has his fan base, but he doesn't make a huge impact on the promotion um, in terms of drawing. At least, you know, I don't think he does and we will be able to tell, you know, a month and a half from now, two months from now. Um, I think he'd be greeted back with a warm, warm reception. Uh, to a lesser extent than Tozawa would, but he but he's getting the Tozawa send-off in a sense of, you know, go out and show the world what Dragon Gate is made of, so it it, it won't be ov- overtly negative.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think he will come back. Uh, he has been a lot more, this has been a lot less acrimonious in the Shima departure, the OWE split, because for one, there was an actual press conference with him and President Kido, which... Yes, which, which was the thing that was told to me. is like, that does not happen. You have a press conference. And they both were pretty open about it. The one thing I think we should mention, don't expect him ever showing up in Shanghai. Just don't. <laughs> it's just not happening. And I don't think you, you expect him in New Japan immediately. Maybe down the road, but he has stuff he wants to do. But I think that he will come back and he'll probably, I could see him being like the, an outsider for Kobe World. You know, I could see him just showing up for a big show. And I think, like, like you were saying, Case, I think that it will be generally positive. It won't be like Tozawa coming back, but it will be positive, you know? I think that it will be, for someone who has been such a big part of the promotion, him going away for a while is not a bad thing, at least in the fans' eyes. And I think that the absence will make the heart fonder of him.
1: You No, know? I, I just, I think, and it's not his fault, but he is holding a rock solid ceiling over Shimizu and, and to an extent, Ben K, um, and a lot of these young guys that I just don't think this generation is ready for a final boss of Shingo Takagi now. And I just don't see it in some of these guys that they'd ever be, you know, at a level where it would even make sense to compete against him in a in a serious manner. But I think Shimizu's the one guy that can really benefit from Takagi leaving, which is funny because his career as Big R Shimizu, when he changed his character and became Big R, started with Shingo close landing his head off. And into about the sixth row, Shingo hit him so hard with a pumping bomber. And I always thought we'd see Shimizu, you know, lift Shingo up give him a shot put slam and win his first open the dream gate championship that way, or at least on the road to a dream gate championship. And we're not going to get that, but I think that's okay. And I can live without that story being told because there's just something about Chingo that he's just, he's bigger than this current roster from a, from an aura perspective from the dynamic he brings to the table. And this is a reset for the promotion. This is, I think it's fair to say it's similar to noah in the mid-2000s where it's hard for kenta and marifuji and morishima to become stars when they're headlining still with masawa and kobashi and Kensuke sasaki so this is a good reset for the promotion and i don't fear the stability of the company without shingo takagi
0: yeah i completely agree with you on that i think that this is I think this is a as I wrote in the article. I think this is a good thing in some ways and bad thing in other ways. I think that him coming back down the road will be better. All right, the next one we had a couple questions in this one, but it's from the Mane. I think I pronounced that right at the highlight, and it's favorite Shingo, Shingo's best match, favorite Shingo opponent, and then they say in my opinion I could see him taking a break from Dragon Gate for several months and then come back and having a second modus schedule. And then in parentheses, DG is his homebody, wrestles way more outside. So first, what is your favorite kind of character that Shingo portrayed in his career? Oh, the the
1: start of Berserk when he was taking on all the old guys was, at the time, the best thing in wrestling. And I think will go down as some of the best. The, The August through December 2015 Shingo run will go down as one of the greatest stretches of matches ever and that first Dreamgate run which ends in february with susumu upsetting him um has to be in the running for one of the best Dreamgate runs of all time
0: yeah and it, i think coincidentally that was also a time of really heightened interest in the promotion as well yes. just because how strong he was going back to my theory that dragon gate's stronger when they have a good heel unit and that was a the first like pure heel unit since early mad blankie so i think that uh, that would be mine. Another one that I really liked is as weird as he was in Monster Express. I really loved his tag team with Tozawa. Oh, in- it was great. I never understood the hate for Shingo on Monster Express. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he stuck out as the sore thumb just because of it, but just because like the other people in that unit. But I love that tag team. Like up until really Yamadoi, it was my favorite tag team in Dragon Gate history. Like I feel like the match is there. And going on to like fit his best matches, the match against against T-Hawk and Ada at Kobe World 2014. Like that was probably his best multi-man match in my mind.
1: That's a that's a safe bet.
0: Yeah, uh, what other matches do you think uh would rank up there as your as we think are Shingo's best matches?
1: The the first one I've got to go to is Shingo versus Mochizuki from uh, November first, 2015, which as I've said on the show and I've tweeted about and I've wrote about, I think is one of the 10 greatest professional wrestling matches of all time. Um I it angers me to this day that Dave Meltzer waxed poetically about this match in the wrestling observer <laughs> newsletter said it was that mochizuki's performance was better than any singular sean michaels performance of all time and then he didn't give it a star rating which just drives me insane for some reason because all he had we know it's a five star match all you got to do is just tack on those five uh asterisks and and the western perception of dragon gate would have completely changed oh absolutely uh, so so that match is up there um god there's just there's been so many good ones i'm looking through his cage match right now uh tozawa shingo versus mochi fuji from dead or alive 2014 um his DJ usa run which we talked about for a little bit uh there's the the now infamous brian danielson shingo takagi match from 2010 there's um dragon kid and shingo versus speed muscle from november 2009 Um, is a super underappreciated DGUSA match. That match is like 1,000% a go-go from the opening bell, and it just continues to go as hard. You know, they all four continue to go as hard as they can for like 20 minutes. Um, And then the other match I'll mention is uh, Susumu versus Shingo 3 from Dragon Gate UK, which is one of the wildest matches of all time. Uh, The date on that is uh october 22nd 2011 i've never
0: seen that match
1: oh it's just and it's something else and and the the night before that was shingo takagi versus Pac, which is a match that i've never seen before uh in full but i've seen the highlights of it and that match is just completely insane but takagi versus yokosuka the third one they had an epic trilogy in dragon Gate uk which unfortunately is also no longer a thing um but the the third match is is just the most epic of epics. You know, you've seen Tomohiro Ishii do it. You know, you've seen various North American wrestlers attempt to have these giant epics. No one pulls it off quite like Takagi and Yokozuka.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I think all the DGUSA shows are on uh, the uh, Club WBWN now. So yes, they he, are. Yeah, really, folks, rewatches, like the Danielson match is incredible. It, it Also, that same show had a, Weirdly great Naruki Doi versus Davey Richards match, which I feel weird saying in 2018, but that match (laughs) match was a whole lot of fun. Uh, And it was in in like the Fox Theater in Chicago, which is, I mean, it's 2009, so the production values are are terrible because Gabe does not know production, but it's worth watching. Uh, Other matches, like talking about that, his heel early for run, the match that you've not mentioned that I always bring up as probably his best Probably the best singles match of his opponent's career is him versus Shima at Final Gate 2015. Like that was a match that is going down now as she, I believe that's Shima's last Dreamgate challenge, which is kind of apropos of a lot of things. But that match was really, really incredible. Imagine- okay,
1: hold, hold, hold on one second because I, I wasn't going to get into this because I know we're going a little long, but yeah. you have brought up this match. So I, <laughs> you I, knew I was. You knew I was as soon as we probably- Yes. I, I think we at least we have to mention the fact that Shingo is 120% not going to Shanghai because supposedly a unnamed man, possibly Shima, possibly not, but probably Shima uh, told him that if Shingo has a hand in developing the younger generation of wrestlers or the next generation of wrestlers, or the future of the company, that the promotion will crumble. Yep. So, you know, it's just there is so much behind the scenes that I just I wish. Well, I was gonna say the Rob Feinstein of Japan. I don't want to meet the Rob Feinstein of Japan. Oh God, no! But, but I, I would love to just be a fly on the wall and find out what the hell is going on in Kobe.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, and it's something that I guess since I, I was not gonna get into it just because. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting. Shima. Well, because
1: because it's public, you know, it's it it's, public a Twitter, now. it's a Twitter exchange between Shingo and Akira Tozawa, right? Um, which is it's, it's something it. to begin with. It's yes. yes, that's something to begin with. But <laughs> look, it's it's out there, and it's just something to keep in mind. That I think if Shima r- walked through the Dragon Gate curtain again and returned in a Cork and Hall, I it would be. I mean, people would faint or whatever because. I just don't see it happening, but and a lot of that is, you know, his own doing his it's unbelievable. Yeah. I, I just, when I saw that it blew my mind. So, and for those two to go out and have that match, which is, you know, we've discussed it, that Shima doesn't have a lot of great singles matches. It's his last dream gate defense. It's probably his greatest singles match of all time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like the way that when he was going through that run of going against the older generation guys in that stretch was just incredible. Because there was that, there was the, uh, wasn't there a, uh, there was a Gamma match that got thrown out, but there was. Yes,
1: there was a Gamma match that got thrown out.
0: Yeah, but like, that was even, like, that was a, for Gamma. I mean, that was a great Gamma match for Gamma. And, but like was that. kind of fun. Yeah, but like Shima, that was incredible. Like, and then, yeah, no, and it's interesting. Uh, without without getting myself into too much trouble, it's interesting that it's those two people who are that open about Shima.
1: Yes. And,
0: you know, it was... Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to put it that way. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, Shima's a guy with his warts and all. And I think that's the best way to put it. And another match of his that wasn't during his t- title reign, he lost this match, which I think is a be- another best singles match of someone's career. Him versus Hulk at the at Final Gate 2014. Oh, unbelievable! Uh, the, the, the last truly great BB Hulk match we will
1: ever see it, and he could go out and kill it two weeks from now in the Twin Gate match, but it's it's a different level of it, we. That was the the definitive end of a chapter of BB Hulk's career. That match.
0: Yeah. No. And when I started doing. Uh, inside the gate that was the match i was like okay i'm gonna get up and watch and talk about this match just because it was so incredible bb hulk pretty much gave his body for that match and i I remember
1: watching it live live, there was a concern among the few people that were watching at the time i believe milo was watching it live and then i know for sure alan uh was watching it live because alan was gravely concerned for the health of bb hulk in a way that you just don't like yeah i I, the fact that i remember it four years later of alan tweeting about it says all you need to know of like oh like hulk is in really bad shape in this match and he he literally gave it all it was it was incredible Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and he's never been the same since and yeah and i think that's we've kind of talked about it but i think his best opponents mochizuki hulk shima I think that his best tag team partner, even though he had a couple, like, he, like he's like he been touched to Hit by Yoshida, but his best tag team partner was Sozawa. Uh What do you think his best opponents were?
1: Uh, best opponents have to be, B.B. Hulk has to be in consideration, and then, you know, on top of the all-time great singles match that he and Mochizuki had, um, they also have had a few other singles matches, uh, most notably a uh, match in Cork and Hall that happened in September 2012. Uh, we're, we're just about to hit the six-year anniversary of it. Uh, that match ended in a double countout um, from those two beating each other up too much to where neither of them could get back in the ring. Um, that match is a classic. So, you know, Hulk is the obvious answer, uh, but Mochizuki definitely deserves a shout-out.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's something about those, those matches were something special. So we have two other questions. Uh, the first one is from Andrew at Angry216. How confident are you about the Ada, Big, and Ben Heal unit? And what do you think of the ceiling and floor are for those three guys? So, confident? Uh, we'll see. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I, I think that X probably is going to matter a whole lot for
1: it. Uh, yeah, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'd give it like a 6. And I just... It's not going to be lower because those guys are so talented that it would be unfair to give them any lower. But yeah, I can't reasonably justify a higher rating yeah I'd,
0: I'd say i'd say five just because i think it's really dependent on who this acts is and if they are really going to get outsiders i think that's going to matter yeah so uh ceiling and floor of ada big and ben i think all their ceilings are as drink as possible drink eight champions i think ben's the only one i could say is a future ace uh what do you think about what what do you think their ceilings are
1: I think we're looking at Ada's ceiling right now. I his time has passed. I just unless something, you know, if, if the colors change and we see another new Ada, maybe. But I think we're looking at at the rest of his career, which is which is a wasted talent. It is frustrating to say that. Um Shimizu, I think, can have a tear-jerking moment uh by winning a dream eventually as a baby face. I mean I really think there is not as the leader of a promotion, but and no, not as an ace, but there is a a moment of Big R Shimizu winning the Dreamgate title that I think needs to happen at some point, and I think will happen. And yeah, Ben K is a future ace. Um, and I I feel pretty confident about that.
0: Yeah, of the three, I think the uh most likely thing to happen is Ben K. I think Ada me saying that he could be a Dreamgate champion. I mean, look at that former the list of Dreamgate champions. There's a lot of people on that list that if you aren't well versed in dragon system history you kind of scratch your head at so i could see that happening but yeah i don't know but i kind of agree with you about big as a uh, as a heel i think he really has a face as this and floor uh ben just doesn't pan out on the top really he's gonna get a shot ada i think this is kind of his floor to yeah, be honest,
1: th- it's just it's Ada's a- where he is. Ada
0: is where he is. Look, look there's Aida.
1: a reason T Hawk was brought to Shanghai and not Ada. That's just how it is.
0: Yep. I mean, there's a reason that, I mean, T Hawk was going to go anyways. There's a reason that Linda Men went. Yeah. Yeah. And Big big Shimizu, it's hard to tell what his floor kind of is because he's already achieved a whole lot. I mean, I don't think he could be a heel leader. I think that's his floor.
1: But not I, with the way he's currently presented, no way. Yeah
0: yeah all right so our last question is from lucas again at stubborn jester what are the chances of doi winning at dangerous gate 50 50 i think it's 70 30 i think Doy's winning wow i just think that they had yoshino to get through the initial humps and i think that doi is the person that they need to go with. Of course, they didn't pull the trigger on him at the right time, as John often said, but I think that it's Yoshino's reign has has served his purpose in my mind. I don't think, I don't see anyone else coming up ahead for a challenge that I'm necessarily excited about. I don't really want to see a big Arshimizu versus Yoshino challenge. Benkei versus Yoshino would be interesting, but I don't think this is the time for it. I think you build that up, so I think this is the logical endpoint for him, at least in my mind.
1: Well, that's that's the alternative is if you don't change the title now, it has to be Shimizu or Benkei at final gate and Shimizu or Benkei has to win at final gate because we've seen uh, Anteus maximum tension throughout the entire year. And, you know, Yoshino beat Takagi. Now he beat Yoshida. It would make sense if one of the new guys were going to challenge him at final gate. Um, and I'd be okay with that story. I'd also be okay with Doi winning and trying something new. I, I'm going into this match, at least as of now, uh, I, d- I don't have a super hot take. I'm pretty indifferent on who wins um, as long as it's not another situation of Dragon is okay today, but what about tomorrow? Which is how I felt after most Cork and Halls for the past 18 months of this worked for now, but I'm not really seeing a direction from here. Um, and I hope that Dangerous Gate uh silences that critic of me
0: yeah and i think that's i think that's a good point about this is are they this is the moment from the to uh plan for tomorrow and i think that's probably about a good place for us to wrap this up we've gone we we always talk about trying to keep this like under two hours but i look at my clock and it's already it's already been two hours and 20 minutes so case okay, so i'd like to thank you again dude for coming on before you go what else do you have to plug
1: um, just the, the usual, I, you know, I review every cork and hall show and, and big event for Dragon Gate. And, you know, I just passed my third year of doing, I had 95% of those, you know, I've missed a few cork and halls here and there just because of other commitments. I, I haven't had time to get to them. Um, but if, if you're reading my reviews or you've stopped reading my reviews and you've made it thus far on the podcast, let me know if you, if you'd like to see anything incorporated into the reviews, um, I'm at a point where... I'm certainly not bored doing that. It's, it's, you know, Dragon Gate is a lot of things right now. It is not boring. Um, but if you have any ideas, you know, shoot me a DM, shoot me a tweet, you know, get in contact with me somehow. Cause I'm, I'm interested in at least the idea of kind of changing up my reviews. Uh, but please continue to, to read those support voices of wrestling, support the voices of wrestling, Patreon. Um, and if you see me at an AAW show, you know, handshakes, you know, feel free to give them to me. I'd be more than happy to, to meet some other dragon gate fans
0: and as always thank you again case for coming on maybe we'll see you again after danger skate we'll see how our schedules work out for that yeah i'd love to be back on yep and thank and for for both of us here thank you for listening please subscribe to us at the podcast app or itunes or whatever crazy way you listen to podcasts today and listen to the entire voices of wrestling podcast network including the flagship everything evolves wrestling omakaze and all the great programming they have there we are at twitter at open voice gate feel free to send me a tweet and i'll try to respond back if you have anything you'd like to hear on the show anything that you're interested in feel free to send things my way and for ne- until next time thank you all for listening